This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Over Westside, everybody know everybody, right? I got nothing but love in my heart for Westside niggas. Nothing but love. Pink suits with hats to match. Big crocodiles and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money on our mind. What up, though? It's your man Jay Johnson, aka the Tinfoil Hat Titan, aka the Conspiracy Realist. A.K.A. the Technology Snob, Steve Jobs Jr. Don't text me with your green bubbles. A.K.A. only debate my equals, everybody else I teach. Also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice, Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me. A.K.A. The West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? It's your man Dame, three underscores, three one three. The West Side Landlord, the pride of PA. High Chief Dame, don't fuck around. The liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite Dame. And the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk Podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you speak it on Dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. It's the honorable. Judge Boss Dame and this bitch all rise. I am. Motherfucking black belt. I karate chop the fuck out of you if you laugh through my intro. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Shop Talk Podcast, episode 395. On you, hoes. Oh uh, man, three ninety five. Remember, we was like, "Are we gonna make it? Is four hundred gonna be this year, or next year?" The math wasn't mathing. I don't, I don't do well with math problems. Don't, don't ask me like no math shit on the fly. Like, <laughs> nigga, I need to be sitting down and concentrate. You want to do something for four hundred? Yeah, we should. Okay, what do you want to do for four hundred? That's that's that on the fly shit I was just I was just talking about. Because <laughs> math is incorporated. We had 395 to 400, then there's math, and then you want me to think of something on the fly. And the only thing I can think of is like just like smart comments. Um, maybe we should have I don't know maybe a live show. Uh, so that's quick. That's a quick turnaround time uh, for a live show. Shop talk Christmas party, holiday party. An ugly sweater party. Yo, ugly sweater party. An ugly sweater shop talk party. Yeah, I mean, low key, we could do a show upstairs. We could. And make an ugly, ugly sweater. sweater party. Yeah, yeah. I think I like that idea. I do kind of want to do a mini doc. You know what I'm saying? Four hundred is a long fucking time, though. It is. That's a long time. That's a lot of episodes. Um. I know, man. Y'all listen. Y'all, y'all, y'all been rocking with us. Some of y'all didn't listen to four hundred episodes of us. That's crazy. Uh, but Shop talk like, camping trip. No, we're not going camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you stay, stay. Get away from the fly. Okay, no, nothing off the fly. Uh, anyway, you know, I always wanted to do like a paintball event. Oh, I used to play paintball like a motherfucker. Back it was the Rouge have, Boys. Back where they used to have all them dead pit bulls. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's where, that's where niggas dump their dead pit bulls at at Rouge. Oh. They usually just niggas dump dead pit bulls on the freeway. 
No one's. <laughs> I mean, they they be wrapped up in a carpet and they just toss some shits on. Not the my baby. I mean, I got a real dog, yeah. so well, it's time to go. He ain't going like that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think the ugly sweater party go pop off, and we got a guest here. Maybe he could DJ. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. with that. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I'm with that. Um, well, matter of fact, let's go ahead and introduce yourself, my brother. Uh. Well, how I'm gonna, uh, I don't know if I could do one as well as y'all. Hey, man, come on, yes, man. You can. Yes, you can. Um, back again for the first time. Uh, DJ Kid McFly. Um, happy to be back. We had a really great show the last. Wait, no, this is my third. This is my third time. We had the battle. But even before that, I was on but, the pod. I know you did. You was in here for sure because you've been on a couple pods. It's only yeah. the second time you did our show. Yeah. Okay. Second time y'all show, but. I think I was on another time. pod that you were on. Okay. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I seen. Last time you came here, you whooped Dame ass in a battle, in a versus battle. Uh, it was close. I, I give him that. Oh. It was close. I was trying to be two there, more there, on the. There, there you go. There you go. They're hating your heart. <laughs> They're just, hating your heart. I'm telling just recalling facts. I'm your partner. You lost. It was a close battle. I was I was going heavy on the B sides, but he was going with the hits, and I think. You even like try to play beats that was attributed to somebody else. That's what lost. That's what lost me. <laughs> yeah. That's what lost me. That last one I played, I think I had Kanye, yeah. and that last one I played was not like a Kanye West beat. And in my heart, because I've been thinking about that battle since we had it, the song that I wanted to play, but it's not on uh, iTunes, was "Whole City Behind Us." Yeah, but like you can't find that shit nowhere except like on YouTube. Yeah. It was it was on title some years ago, like in the early early days of title, it was on there because I used to listen to it. A but lot. I felt like that was one of Kanye's best beats. Mm-hmm. It was a B side, like it was some tough verses on that bitch. Ever since the Booze Mobile commercial, yeah, that's what popped that whole brand off for real. I got a question, dog. Why? And I this is a legitimate question. Why do niggas still use title? I love it. I mean, I think to me it got the best sound quality. That's really why I listen to it. Now the perks that it used to have, where it, like the live streams from concerts, yeah. or you would get like special deals on concerts and stuff. Like they stopped doing that because the other competitors caught up. But as far as like from a quality, like that's what I pay for. You know, me, I'm a, I'm from an engineering standpoint. I, I just gotta hear so that not better even quality. The, the Apple, the lossless stuff. You don't you don't Mm-mm. nah. Nah, I've tried. I've tried it in the car. I've tried it on the sound bar. I've tried it in the beats, and I would still take title. Mm, interesting. I like I like the mixes that title makes for me compared to like Apple or Spotify. Like title will give me some deep, deep, like deep B side gems of stuff that I now what never I never caught. Um, because like I know at first it was because it was Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? When Jay Z dropped a title, mm-hmm. like "Yo, it's owned by a black man," blah blah blah. You just want to be once he got out. Black. Once he got out the game, one well, I, I I've used title title like two or three different times. Like I tried to to be down. I just don't like it. Um, the interface was never. It wasn't never it for me. Uh, and then it just wasn't it for me. And I'd be wondering like why people still use it. Um, I can get that for sure. Uh, uh, the credits is another thing. Like they do emphasize showing who the songwriters Apple and just the added that. produce. Yeah, it's on there now. But title make that a key point. And yeah. from the other standpoint, you know, for any artist, especially like local artists that I support, you know, that has the highest like return in terms of like streams and everything. So they get the biggest percentage 
or at least they have to do as least amount of streams in order to get properly paid. I just seen an updated list, and I can't remember who was number one though. It's still it's, it was it's like, probably still title, and it was like essentially they get they actually get a, a full cent per every stream. Remember, it used to be like a, a percentage of yeah, a of a penny, a, a point, a yeah. point, point one of a cent. Yeah, but now like that number one spot, it could have been title for sure. Or I kind of. YouTube was up there for some. Well, YouTube Music was like up there really high. Napster too. made a comeback and they're on the list now. Yeah, but it's like a full one cent. So like that's a better way to track it. You feel me? Like I yeah. just moved a decimal point over to see. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> somebody I got a thousand streams. It's easy for me. A thousand pennies. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Versus zero point four point three twenty. <laughs> That yeah. industry math, yeah, yeah man, because record label math a whole different, a whole different bitch. It's a crazy conversation because, um, and honestly, I've been watching a lot of old um, Joe Budden pods of when they were leaving Spotify, yeah. and one of the main questions that he kept asking was, "How much is a stream worth?" Right? Like, who decided that? I know the answer. Like, but and that's what I've been trying to find is when, definitely I would like you to elaborate, but it's like. Who decided that a stream is a point one millionth of a cent? Like, how yeah. do you, how did you determine that as the number? Yeah. So what I think a stream is worth, which it can't be this, because people think it's some shady shit in the business. It's a sliding scale, and it will always have to be a sliding scale mm -hmm. because let's just say, all right, um, the streaming service is nine dollars and ninety nine cent or ten bucks a month. Okay, mm -hmm. and we got. $280 million this month off of streaming. How many you know? plays we got? Yeah, I mean, well, how many? Because the money, how much I made from streaming services is what we got to divide up by plays. Okay. But the pot is going to change each month because I got new subscribers, I got less subscribers. So okay. that, that amount that's going to be divvied up. So if I got 300 bucks and there's three of us, 100, 100, well, Depending on the percentage, it could be 33, 33, 33. Right. But that 33% is of the bigger pot. So right. what exactly is, once we take all of our, say, $280 million that we took in for um, actual subscription fees, plus all the, the stuff that we, we kicked out because I got to pay these mm -hmm. labels and everything, whatever that money is, then I look at how many people are streaming and, says, and like 6% of... 6% of artists get like 90% of the streams anyway. Mm -hmm. Like no one's there for a local rapper here. We didn't, I didn't subscribe to Spotify for that. Right. I subscribed to Spotify for Drake, Rihanna, Deon, like So you're saying local rappers shouldn't get nothing? <laughs> well, it, it's a hard, it's an argument because like I'm sharing the profits with you, but no one's here for you. Like literally no one's here for you at all. But but we but if that's gonna be the case, right? Well, I did thirty thousand streams this month. Uh huh. Niggas came. Niggas came to see Otis. No, they came to see Beyonce. They came to see Drake. They came to see Twenty One Savage. They came to see yeah. The 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 heavy hitters are what keep the app and the platform. Like over ninety one percent of the going. streams go to like a very small percent of the artists. So like, no one's here for y'all. That's like um, for an example, if you get you got HBO Max, right? And you there for Game of Thrones is on. I signed up for Game of Thrones. That's why I'm here. It's going to be on for the next eight weeks. I'm here. Now, if I end up watching your show because I'm waiting for something to next week, I wasn't here for you. Deleting that. <laughs> but as far as like how much it worth is worth is wherever you fall out in that ranking system, 
divided by how much money after losses we are, and that shit could be less than a half of a penny for you. So I guess they just made up, to your point, something that's quote unquote semi fair. Because some of y'all people t- technically like, well, never, you don't even make enough streams to get a payout. But see, that's and that's kind of I think my issue with it, right? Is because think of how many streams you have to get in order to get like even a little bit of money. Spotify just said you got your song has to have at least one thousand streams to activate any payout now. Yeah, that's all that, and then they also rolling out the um, discovery mode where basically you take less of a payout, but they'll market you to basically you know more kind of playlists and stuff like that man just sell your own music dog just sell it yeah i mean that's almost like a little almost a bit of a distribution deal yeah you you've given up your rights your potential payout in order to get marketing because this is what everybody they guess they hope is that one day someone's going to hear my song it's going to catch on and then it's going to be a big thing that's never going to happen because that's not never. how the music industry works. Absolutely not. So if you just sold your album for $10 a pop and 50 people bought it, you made more money than you ever going to make streaming. Yeah. Because your fans and your listeners, they will support you the way that you tell them to. Yeah. They think that they're doing a great job by listening to your your, your album. I got to listen to this album 1,300 times. 1,300 streams equals one album sale. That's a lot. And 50, 50 people could have bought my album for, for 10 bucks and I would have 100% made more. And they'd like, but, 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 like a random person can't find it. What if they do find it? Then what? They listen to it 10 times and then, now what? And, and honestly, that's, that's really why I'm a big fan of Russell and everything that he's doing. He's making, uh, I guess ecosystem within his yeah. music. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying, "Hey, if you support me as an artist, you can come and invest in my actual company, my brand. You can buy shares of stock of, song. of the of the song of me as an artist. Hey, we got a whole Discord. Hey, let's talk about the marketing. How, what do y'all think about this? What do y'all think about that? Does somebody is somebody good at something? Hey, come join the team. Like Made he's his own venue, the Pergola, yeah, his you know? crib." Sold it out. Has Sada come out there his and kick it in, house though, and yeah. kick it in his backyard? And my mom and my family them gonna watch your kids while you enjoying the party. And they making the food, and we pressing up t shirts in the in garage. the garage. Like we got this whole proud to pay offer system. where like, yo, you make an offer of what you think you should. What, should, what, what do you think it's worth? Yeah, I got the right to reject some, and I got the right to accept some. Um, so somebody was mad, like yo, I offered such and such, and it was rejected. Like, yeah, I thought it's worth more than that. Then it became one of these things like, why don't you just tell me what what is what you think is worth and I'll just pay that. But that's that's one of those things where it's like, all right, I will never know what you value something at because that's your own particular value system or whatnot. But it's a good like, all right, so I'll I'll accept. He's probably has like, all right, there's tw- ten people I will accept for twenty five bucks. First people who offer twenty five bucks, I'll probably take that. But I'm not gonna do the whole fucking show yeah. for twenty five dollars. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I got a value, so you getting a free. You get, well, not free. You getting this this uh, concert. You get some food. You got childcare. But that's what you said as part of the. Would you say the ecosystem? Yeah, I know. All right, it it's still. I still have control over ticketing. I will sell ten for 
$25. I sell another 50 for $50. Then if let's say my backyard holds 250 people, the last 100 tickets, they're going to have to be 150 yeah, and up. Marked like up. I'm, I, fi- I saw something. I don't know which company it was, but you can purchase the album for whatever you want, honestly. But it has to be at least what the average cost of the they've been. So if everybody's been paying seven bucks, the average cost of whatever, how many your sold was like seven bucks. You can't offer six. Yeah. It has to be over a certain amount. Um, and I'm like, that's dope. If you want to pay 50 bucks for it, pay 50 bucks. If you want to pay, if the average is $4, you can get it for $4. But like, but some fans will don't have a problem with supporting their favorite artists because they feel like they part of the process. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to figure out what's something worth. What's the average price that people are paying for it? Yeah, you might find a, you might find niggas might think that their product is a little bit more overvalued when the people decide what they want to pay for it. I, I mean, but you gotta listen to the you. That's market research. That's yeah, direct. Your, your, your consumer, you selling direct to consumer, your consumers say, we think this shit worth $7. And I take $7 a pop because that was a, in the record industry, you wasn't getting $7 an album unless you was on Koch. You got, <laughs> man, point, the Koch. points on the album, you got less than, you maybe got 25 cents an album. Yeah. And they were selling 500,000, a million, 2 million, 3 million, 4 million copies, but made no money. That's crazy to think like back in the day when I think of like big time artists like Michael Jackson, for example, like I know he's at the top of the mountain. But like when you think of like what Thriller sold in, you know, when sold a hundred million in 83. Was that 83? hundred million. Physical. Physical. No, you know what? No. What, Michael no Jackson strength. probably got a different deal. Well, yeah. Now nah, he he <laughs> that was. um. I watched a lot of interviews on him, but he learned a lot. Basically, all the artists before him, the mistakes they made, even talking, you know, you know how he swiped out the Beatles from underneath Paul McCartney. So he was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, this is what y'all did. That's how you deal with. Oh, wow. And he went right, right up underneath them, found a way to restructure his deal, got the rights, and he basically made the bulk of his money. Uh, I mean, he he made the the bulk of the money from themselves. And Michael Jackson such a weird dude, dog. He didn't even talk like that. His voice was so much deeper. But he was like, "You niggas don't deserve to hear my real voice." <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to. And it was scared. It was scared. I'm gonna sing in a fake voice. My real voice ain't the one that made the money, my niggas. I mean, it don't it don't matter. Uh, but like, what I was trying to say is like, you know, granted, Mike's shit was probably restructured different. You couldn't do you definitely couldn't do the shit he did then now. But then like, you know, if he had access to like streaming and shit like that, like how much bigger he'd be le- he probably he'd probably make less money. He he would have a larger impact on people, but yeah, he, he would make less money, I think. Cause I'm selling some of these nigga, this shit twenty four dollars. <laughs> Like it's gonna take a loan now. Granted, it's it's one of these things, right? In the grand scheme of things, how many times have you listened to that Michael Jackson CD over the last forty years? And that's a one single time purchase, or what if you stream this album for forty years? 
he'll, that many times. He'll probably make more, more money on the stream, streaming. but it just really depends. Like that's the long that long play. And and that's and that's actually one of the reasons why a lot of labels lately have started buying up back catalogs of artists. They buying the hits because they're finding in market research that people don't care really about new music. Like they want to go with what they know was great, the hits. So the art. You see um <laughs> I'm trying to think who was a key person. I think it was Justin Bieber. I think he sold his catalog for like a hundred million. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne Wayne sold off his catalog for like a hundred fifty million or whatever because they know, hey, that music is gonna live on. But at the same time, how much am I going to get directly paid all of off of those streams over time? So in an immediate sense, they're gonna take the catalog. Whereas the labels, however are playing the long game because they know people are going to go back and still listen to all these old songs. I mean, if anything, I think just us personally in our day-to-day lives, a lot of the music that we listen to late is, is the old. Late, late 90s, 90s, early 2000s. 2000s. My, exactly. My catalog currently, other than like like a Kendrick or a Cole or something, it's 2012 and under. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say me. I'm Blueprint. Uh, Dom Kennedy Westside Two, uh, Life After Death. It was written and probably Chicken and Beer. Those okay. is like my main, like my main rotations. 90s, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Up until that two thousand ten era, because that was like another golden era. You know what I'm saying with Cole Kendrick Drake Wale, Sean. Like that was a that was a good era. But yeah. after that. It's not a lot of replay. Mm-mm. You so. might listen to some. You might listen to some um some old future. Yeah, love future. You know what I'm saying? But like after a while, you, you probably not you're not listening to current future back to back. It's not as good. Uh, it's not I as don't good. know, man. Current future is mean, still good. Say more damn. Oh, like, he, he, you know. I like nigga. Dress it up and make it real for me. I'll I turn March up Madness. to March Madness <laughs> right now. When was March Madness made though? Twenty fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Right that cutoff. Right that about that cutoff. I don't know, man. This... Twenty fifteen future was damn near unstoppable. Yeah. Unstoppable. I only album I like literally enjoyed from Future was Dirty Sprite 2. DS2. Wow. Now there are singles of like popular songs that I have on playlists and everything like that. But as far as like an album, DS2 was like Oh, I get what you guys see. This last one was really, really good. Didn't hear it. Oh, man. Yeah. I remember, like, at the height of my future, I, the height of my future. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, my, my ringtone was Love Me. Like, I was still putting ringtones to. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm on that good cushion alcohol. I got some down bitches I can call. Yeah, nah. Future. Like, that was. <laughs> Nigga, that was my shit. Nah, definitely go back. Just- that was still 24. 20- Good cushion alcohol. That was like twenty thirteen. Yeah, that was twenty thirteen. I was yeah. living in. I I judge music. I can tell you. I can tell you where I was living at when certain shit came out. So different points in my life. I was living in Warren, and I was like 2013, 2014 Yeah, I was. I was at the tail end of my college years with that one. Yeah. I was listening to it then, and then it came out before. What's happening? Like, <laughs> come on, that was my shit. I love. I mean, but like you said, that music take you back to like where you was in your life. At that yeah, time. the nostalgia. They that they're big on buying nostalgia right now. So we not gonna get in this in full detail, but we was talking downstairs about Stretch. Right, he got a lot of attention right now. The album he pushing is on Bandcamp. 
It's not on Apple Music. Yeah. Buy my shit. It's ten dollars. You know what I'm saying? Eastside Lord. Eastside Lord. It's really good. I bought it. It's really good. But like, you don't got to play the streaming game. No. Like, it's not even beneficial for you to play the streaming game. It's best for you to promote a place where people can buy your things because why not? When I found out the Rock Bottom album was on iTunes, like, I look for it on streaming. Yeah. No, you can't stream you gotta it. You got to go buy it. if you want to go buy this it. bitch, you can have it. All of them. And I was, I was cool with paying for the album. I, That's what put First Person Shooter as the number one record. Yeah, people went to buy that. They so on the streaming it was number two, but then when they added in the actual physical, air quotes purchases or the digital downloads, it pushed it to number one. But I buy Kendrick albums. I buy Drake. Not Drake albums. <laughs> uh, I buy Kendrick. Damn, I buy Drake albums. I don't. Uh, I buy. We'll get, to, we'll get to that. I buy Kendrick albums. Um, I buy Cole albums. Uh, I bought Killer Mike album. I did buy Mike album. I need uh, to get that on vibe. It's certain shit like, no, yeah. this needs to be a part of my forever catalog. Because one, the idea that I have to pay Apple or Tidal or Spotify $10 a month for the rest of my life is fucking crazy. Yeah. Think about that. It's fucking crazy. But that's why the vinyl game has just boomed because people are like, okay, I know I'm going to go back and re-listen to this. A, it looks cooler to just... the. Feeling of going to pick up the record, putting it in all, and then I've been letting on, it ride. I've been on my vinyl game for about two to three years now, and it's tough because I love buying vinyl, but I'm a I don't want to listen to it. I want to listen to it, but I don't. So there are a couple of them that I, I have like multiple copies. I got like I bought a Good Kid, Mad City. Somebody also gifted me one, so okay. one of these boys can get. One of them I can listen to because you know, like with vinyl, it's, it's going to be a time where it doesn't. It literally it sounds it, worse every single time you play it. Yeah, it goes down one percent or whatever. Like it's delicate. Yeah, and um, but I, feel I got some of these records like man, oh, I got the ill man. I got I got all the nice like three three copies of Victory Lap. <laughs> man, I got Victory Lap <laughs> got too, like bro. three times. But I, but I feel what you're saying that like some albums you just you just need to have. For a collection, I don't buy a lot of music. I do pay for streaming, but like, like Mike album was probably like the last one I bought. But like when I listened to it, it was so good. I was like, I need to always. When artists have from this. Detroit drop a vinyl, I go purchase the vinyl. I got um, some name tag vinyls. I got um, Marv One vinyls. I got the One on One vinyl because because name tag still owe me money and Bruiser. I think I told you uh, they doing Bruiser Thanksgiving. Uh, my homeboy Will gonna be selling merch for Bruiser printed up some uh, some vinyls for Dope Game Stupid, and I told him put two to the side because so me if, and Jay want some. So if I drop twenty five to thirty five dollars on the vinyl, fam, I'll buy your album for ten dollars. Yeah, like this is you you telling me how to support you, and you only thing you did was drop a link to a YouTube video and tell me to stream it. So it's, it's really, I think it speaks to the, and I don't want to kind of bash them, but I think it speaks to the work ethic of the artist, right? So you gave Stretch as an example, Stretch putting it on Bandcamp as like, hey, you have to do the legwork to go type in search, find my album, putting your payment info or PayPal or whatever 
to go on Bandcamp, buy the album, really show support me. That means you are really invested. Maybe in, provide the link. Just because, like, I'm never going to find... If it's brand new music, I don't even know to search for you. Right? Okay. So when you put a link into, you know, Instagram or whatever, all this shit is coming because we clicked the link that you gave me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just make that shit go to your website. <laughs> right. But either way, he's still making it so you have to do actual work yeah. to go and support the album. Like, yeah, it's not going to Shantanique's and going to buy the album in store for me. Man. Hey, man, I'm an East Side kid all day. It's it's not going into the store and buying it, but you still doing that legwork. So it feels more of a connection to the project. Whereas you have other artists who are like, well, I'll just pay to put my stuff on TuneCore and they'll put it on all the sites and yo y'all go run up my streams run the streams up run the streams up and then I they think a, I think a lot of that is conditioned behavior they, they don't, just know. don't know yeah they don't know no other way like you put it out there you stream it that's what fuck you and it's not do. even the kid so uh, I don't know if we talked about it on, on this pod or, or on air or not but like I watched the the Cole and Yachty two hour seven minute podcast right mm-hmm and he told a story about what what pushed him over to be number one. He was like, it was the the actual the downloads. He was like, I didn't know Cole was like, I didn't know that was still a thing. And then it was like, Yachty was like, shit. I typed in Apple Music, I couldn't find it. And he was like, no, the iTunes app on your yeah. phone is on everybody's phone. It was like, shit, we didn't know. And it's a reason that you don't know. Yeah, because like that's that's not how we like. It would behoove Apple. And all these other music companies to not mention that you can just buy it. I would like you to stream it. Yeah. Forever. Because of the money they have to pay for licensing, they make that back easily in subscriptions. Like, in real life, there's a couple reasons I keep Apple Music. One, um, I enjoy sharing music um, in the timeline via iMessage and you can press play and it place yeah in line like that's amazing right the continuity between all my different devices and everything like that but like in real life how much music do i actually like listen to it's not i don't listen to basically the nine dollars and 99 cent i pay every month or 120 dollars a year essentially I don't buy, I could just buy the albums. I can buy $120 worth of albums and I'll be straight because I'm, I'm listening to all my old shit. I also got YouTube premium. Yeah. So anything I want to listen to, I'll just find that shit on YouTube and play in the background. You know what I'm saying? There's really not a reason for me and I pay. I wish I had that luxury. You know? <laughs> and now they have YouTube music. Yeah. That's included in the YouTube premium for the same $10 a month. It's like, See, for me, you know, from a DJ standpoint, I have to have the streaming um, because one of my softwares, oh, I'm, I didn't give you this reason on why I keep title because it's integrated into my DJ software. So mm. anything that's on the title platform, as long as I got, you know, Wi-Fi login or something, yeah, Wi-Fi, I can log into my title account and find this on. Where it's very helpful on I the bet. fly, especially with people who be having requests and you'd be like, what from who? What is that? Where? <laughs> when? Like, but um. I have to have that music like, yeah, naturally for purposes of personal streaming, but just 
from the other standpoint of I have to listen to what other people are listening to. So I got to listen to rap caviar. I got to go on title. I got to look at who it's new on Apple. So like for me, from a research standpoint of seeing like what everybody else is listening to, but then, yeah, like you said, I enjoy sharing it. So like when I have the playlist that I do actually share, like on my, I only share samples playlist that the other personal stuff I listen to. I don't share that. I might post it like on my IG story and like, yo, I'm listening to that. But aside from that, I just post samples. But in general, and this is the other last point I want to get to, um, the other side of it as far as the newer artists, um, I've preached doing like a little Russell, like making your own foundation and fan base of your fans. Like if you find a way to really get them involved in you and your brand and your identity, the streams will come. The purchases will come. You have to make people buy into you first. And that's, I think that's with any brand or business at this point. Like people want to feel connected and relatable, not only to you, but they want to feel like, yo, this is good because you say it's good. And now you're bringing me into the process. I agree. Because I I don't listen to Little Yachty's music, right? Because I'm not that I'm not interested in it at all. Yeah, he had a couple songs, but not for the most part. After watching the two hours with him and Cole talk, I was more interested in him. Yeah, right. And they was talking about a project, and Cole kept saying it was phenomenal. I'm like, and one, I don't know what I expected from how that conversation was, but it was very. It was very introspective. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I was expecting from him. And then, like, hmm, I guess I may have viewed him differently or what have you. And I'm, all, I'm I'm interested. Let me go listen to that one song y'all was talking about. Because just because you were interested enough and it's not just something on my timeline, I wanted to take a listen. Right. And it's like, okay. Sometimes people sell you on their personality. You Because you, you don't get a lot of that from artists. <laughs> You always see they they always hide. They always with a group of some dirty ass niggas. You don't really get a lot of big interviews unless it's with like B Dot. Uh, but I mean that's 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 a big in- niggas talk to B Dot. They want to talk to Vlad. They want to talk. They go on the Breakfast Club. They talk to Sway. But outside of that, you don't get like a lot of really introspect. They might Angie Martinez get niggas to cry in front of her. Angie get. Just because I like watching people interview people. Angie is an amazing interview. Yeah. Um, Big Boy is an amazing interview. Um, Beehive, ATL. He's very, yes. very good. Yes, yes. Very good. Dog, his Yang Yang Twins interview took me, it, it sold me. I, I was like, any interview he do down there, I got to watch. I can't remember dude's name. I'm, I'm just unfortunate. He'd be up there with the LA Leakers, though. Um... Black guy from L. He from he from clearly from Los Angeles. I can't think of his name, but he does wonderful interviews. Okay. Um, like some people, they just talk to people better. You know what I'm saying? They allow you to open up and because you get when, comfortable when you do your promo run. So what got you into hip hop? Who was your favorite artist when you was growing up? Yeah. Like it's boring. Right. <laughs> you know it's boring. It's very boring. And and I even personally for me like that's. Every time I've done pot, that's I really appreciate y'all pot for this. But usually I always get the hey, so why did you want to DJ? And it's just like, fam, 
I, I could talk about some other things. <laughs> like I am so a human. How long have you been a DJ? Yeah, like I, I am a human at the end of the day. I, I do live life just like you. So yeah. I, I can offer, you know, a more introspective opinion on certain topics. I'll tell you. Because <laughs> I'd be like, come on, man. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's all you wrote down. That's show, all you got. Show me how you scratch. <laughs> <laughs> do you use a. Serato. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All uh, of that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Man, it's the longest intro we've ever done. It's 37 minutes. How was your week, my brother? Week was good, man. <laughs> it's good was talk. Good. Yeah, week was good. I barely worked this week, which was a man. You know, I'm look, man, as I get older, I don't want to do shit. I don't want to do shit. You sound like the young kids. Except I'm old and I earned it. I don't want to do shit. Like, dog... <laughs> This week I had probably like one of my laziest moments ever in my life. Like I had to be like, I had to pep talk myself into it. I went out somewhere specific to get something to eat. And I just looked at the walk from the car to the door. And I was like, I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> I don't fucking feel like it. Damn. Like, can I honk the horn and somebody just come out here and take my order and bring my food out when it's done? Like I'll pay extra. Like if you told me that was like an extra five, six dollars. I went to A&W. Nah, man. I wanted something. Side note: When the last time y'all been to A and W? A couple it's weeks. I went a years. couple weeks ago. A and W is fire. I went a couple weeks ago. The cheese curds are still banging. Like the hamburger, actually, it's it's like thick and it's like a real hamburger. It don't feel like you go to McDonald's or what? Like the hamburger feel all light and airy and like. Okay, it's Look, a real hamburger. Then I'm gonna head up there because I, I know it's one in Berkeley. Yeah, it's like yeah. right up the street. Okay. I get a double bacon. I I do get that root beer float, and I get some cheese curds. And I know with everything in my body, like as I take that first bite of this double bacon, I'm gonna give birth to a child <laughs> <laughs> in about 45 minutes. Like I'm gonna be begging for my life. But it's all right. It's worth the it's punishment while I mean And Sonic. Sonic got pretty good hamburgers too. And they both they will both bring the, the food out to you. You yeah, know what I'm saying? But like Sonic bring them out on them skates, which is a little dangerous. They don't really have skates no more. Well the girls in Livonia, they, they just walk out. <laughs> they don't got skates. They just walk out like, hey, here, here. I love me some Sonic. I love me look, when when we used to work at Comcast, I would get me a strawberry lime, get me like a yeah. tall one, then go to the liquor store and get a double shot. Shake that bitch up, and I would sip that shit for the rest of the afternoon at work. Be buzzed than a motherfucker. Man, a lot of our listeners know a lot about how I love nachos. You feel me? Sonic got good nachos? There's just a couple foods I just really love. I'm not sure y'all understand how much or how many times a week I actually go to either 7-Eleven and get a slushy or go to Sonic and get a slushy. A good five out of six, five out of seven days. One strawberry limeade is superior. Yeah. I love the that. strawberry it's lemonade slushy, extra large. Um, I drink that shit for four hours, dog. Like I'm not even bullshitting with you. Like this shit never goes away. <laughs> Just sip it slow. Fall. I'm ten, and once you you think it's done, you leave that motherfucker there for a couple minutes. And, like it's like a five hour drink, dog. Like no bullshit. You and if you order through the app. It's fifty percent off. Oh, you you upgraded. Listen, if you order through the app, it's fifty no, percent. That's, that's a junkie. It's, <laughs> he, junkie is inv- he is it. He is invested. It's fifty cent off. So <laughs> the, the 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 extra large ends up being like the same price of like a regular. Like, hey, you got that shit down to a science, my nigga. Man. And every seventh uh, slushy at the at, at what you call it is free. 
They had a rewards program at um Seven Eleven for sure. I'm on si- today was number six for me. So Have you know how many points I have? <laughs> I have eight thousand nine hundred points. You could probably drink for free for the rest of the year. I can get whole pizzas and everything. And the lady was like, "Why you know, would you?" I don't. A, a pe- wait, a pizza from Seven Eleven? Man, they got little groceries in there and shit. I don't know. Like, look, I, when I was just in there, <laughs> I'm, I don't want to judge people, but I was just in there before the studio. I, gra- I grabbed me a Slurpee and some Doritos, and this girl was in there and she ordered a whole pizza, and she like she was like trying to be like quiet about it, and I was like, why is she why is she being so secretive about this pizza? Man, man, get that fucking. Man. Also, I enjoy pizza. I'll eat any kind of pizza. Yeah, I love pizza. Like I go to Myers and get that shit. It'd be a dollar and ninety nine cent on the fr- I, frozen pizza. Tombstone is my like, go-to. It don't fucking matter. I fuck with Tombstone and nigga. Anytime I go to Costco, I want two slices before I start walking around that bitch because I need. To. In the same weekend, I went to Pizza Populous and ate a forty five dollar pizza, and then two days later. I was in my eating a dollar and ninety nine cent pizza. Clearly, there's a difference. The duality, but uh, you know, sometimes I just don't give. All a fuck. I'm just saying is that they was both worth it. <laughs> yeah, they were sure. both worth it. Because I'm like you, I nigga, I honestly the a tombstone. I put a little extra seasoning on that bitch. Got and to, I, and I turned that motherfucker to a gourmet pizza. Yeah, Tomb, tombstone be slapping, or yeah. a little, or a little Tony's. Little Tony's awesome. I throw that frozen pizza in that bitch. I have some. I chop some fucking uh, turkey up. Throw that motherfucker on there. I got some. Uh, Garlic and parm waiting when that bitch come out. And nigga, I don't give a fuck what nobody say. I stand by this shit. I eat a hot and ready with butter and parm tonight. Tonight. I went to. I don't want to get out the car and get it. I had pizza, but I eat. But I eat it tonight. I had hungry always last night. You feel me? Uh, They got a. They got a reward system too. Listen. Yes, I got a definitely got a good two, three free medium pieces. I emailed them recently because I didn't know that they had a reward system. Yeah, and it wasn't in my app. I'm at work. I had to get it updated too. And they showing it. I'm like, I download. I deleted. I download on iPad. I'm thinking, like, what the fuck happened? Add your email, and then it'll send it up. And and I have been going to to Hungry Hour. I mean, for years. And I'm like, yeah. So I had to email their corporate. Like, yo, where my points at? Like, and then it just popped up one day in the same app that I've been using forever. Yeah, yeah. He just finally got me together. I got a (laughs) like. He found out the secret. Yeah. And I popped up the other day, and I got a a, a medium pizza for free, and I just paid a dollar and twenty seven cent in taxes or whatever. And when I got there, he was like, "Like, how'd you get this? How'd you do this?" I'm like, it was in the app. He's like, I don't, "I'm like, I haven't never got that thing to work." When they get his, here's here's my dollar and twenty seven cent, and eat my fucking pizza, nigga. <laughs> Yeah, man, they got the. Uh, I'm a fat ass sometimes, but that garlic, I mean that that butter cheese crust and the garlic. Yeah, they got the best crust. Gotta get the extra butter cheese. Yeah, for sure. You, you know what, man? When you was talking about nachos, this is spot out Wayne that I had some good ass nachos at. I can't think of the name of the place, but I know you don't fuck with pork, but they brisket nachos. Mm. Bitches was excellent. Okay, I'm listening. Bitches was excellent. Monday was National Nacho Day. Did you celebrate? Of course I did. I just found out Monday was National Nacho Day, but <laughs> 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 that's the only day I worked this week. It worked out. Um, and Is we, there a specific place where, like, you hold their nacho game higher than anybody else's? It just varies, man. Because sometimes it's the type of nacho that I'm looking for on that particular day. Sometimes it's the type of cheese. Um, everybody got it's, – it's random, you know? It's random. It's the type of nacho I'm looking for. Like, sometimes, like, it matters, though. And, how like, how you give me my nacho. Some people – 
put the cheese, they put that bitch in the oven, and they bring it out. It's like you damn near turn this shit into like a casserole and not necessarily uh, like a nacho. You know it's what I'm saying? Soggy. Yeah. So yeah, nah. But sometimes that's the. It just depends on how I'm feeling that day. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I eat nachos every single day of my life. Nachos how, and tacos, I can eat that every single day of my life. That's how I am about wings. Like, oh. people will destroy a good chicken wing, man. Like, you know, I, I need I need it to be well cooked. Like, so, so I want to start a little beef in the city because you done worked on a lot of you done worked in a lot of these bars and establishments. Right now, who got the best wings downtown? <sighs> Is there a Captain J's downtown? <laughs> the best wings? Best wings. Or out of any of the establishments you didn't DJ that, who got the best wings? Well, I'll go first downtown. Best wings downtown are going to be at Delmar. Okay. Delmar got the best, like, in terms of. They just like, got good food. Side, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing menu. Um, They got a good size on wings. They sauced well. They. Nice and and crispy. They not like you know super soft and rubbery. Yeah. You know what I mean. So those Delmar definitely got good wings. Now we just talking in the city, man. Oof, this is tough. Honey barbecue wings from Captain J's is honey barbecue wing dings. Let's go with an establishment, not 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 fast food. Like yeah. you gotta sit down somewhere and have some wings. Oh well, Captain J's not really fast food. Ain't, all that shit made order. Okay, so <laughs> so I know Captain J's is your pick. Thank you, Jason. Um so on Six Mile and Greenfield, Wild West Wings, um they done they prices done went crazy through the roof. But two years ago, they I would say had the best wings in the city. Okay. And it was the Indians cooking yeah. the wings, but they was the best wings, hands down. Little known fact, um, I go to GFS and get the wings. That, get the wing dings. That all, everybody buy there from, and I put the bitch in the air fryer. I've, I've found the perfect temperature and the perfect time to get the perfect fucking wing. Then I go to um, uh, Chicken Shack. I buy a barbecue sauce. I toss the fucking wings in the barbecue sauce. It's a wrap. Because mm. the you it, sleep on the couch for the rest of the afternoon. Because in real life, the barbecue barbecue wings is and that's your thing. Yeah, that's your, uh, see, I'm a honey hot kind of person. But I also went online and purchased some lemon pepper, some really good lemon pepper. So oh. I tossed them bitches in that too. You know what I'm saying? Um, Wet or dry? So you, I spray them a little bit. With a couple sprays of water, right? So I can get them wet, and then when I toss them, so that it don't be, I don't want like a soggy wing. You know okay. what I'm saying? Just for the for the, or when I take them directly out of the air fryer, I put them in a container and close it. Like it heats up, Let and then sweat it sweat a little. Bit. Yeah, and then you throw them in there and you shake them up. Perfect. Okay. Uh, see, I'm more of a, I I make a well done wing in the air fryer, and then I'm already making the sauce on the side. So I got like the. Uh, like the charcoal, or not like the grilled little cauldron joint. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm putting, the, I'm melting the butter. I'm putting the honey in there. Boy, if we don't sound like some fatness. <laughs> hey, well, look, man. If it's not a bunch of people volunteering to, to make some food for me at home, I got to do it. Hey, we got to get it I done. Got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I got the wings down to a science for sure. 
like my, I got a very basic recipe. I got a very basic menu of food that I eat. Like if you, <laughs> the amount of times I eat pizza, wings, steak, st- like it's just not. Yeah, it, it is what it is. That's just your menu. That's just for the for the time being. Some woman to come fix my life. All right. But, you know, I was just thinking about that today. I was like, yo, tomorrow I don't have shit to do. My daughter get off of work early at like two o'clock. I'm thinking if I got to pick her up, I can be back home by two thirty. I can put some. I was. I've already taken the wings out the freezer. I was mm. like, I can put these bitches in and just cook them real slow at like three hundred till I get home and like make some sauce real quick, and I don't have to go nowhere for the rest of the day. I'm gonna eat these wings, watch college football, watch Tubi, and just smoke and just be sleep. That's a perfect day, man. What's so funny? We was talking about last last week and a week before. I think about like home cooked meals and shit. So I went up here on Sunday, and then somebody called me like, "Hey, I made some chili." I'm like, "Do you want some?" I'm like, "Yes, the fuck I want some. Yes, immediately. I'll be there." With surely. a slice of cornbread, man. man. Two. I need two. I eat chili with crack. Can you spare two? <laughs> two large slices. Yeah. Anywho, man, it's been some uh, a lot going on this week. You watched that clip I told you to take a look at? Yeah, I watched it. All right, cool. That was a hectic clip, man. It's a lot of it's a, a lot, lot of horns on. All the sound effects. <laughs> I was just like, bro, why? Now, randomly, that clip, a portion of that clip, I had a portion of the topic we're going to discuss. I had seen a couple weeks ago when Simba was basically Simba said he better than Eminem. Um, I disagree, and you know how much even them hate I kind of been saying recently. He's weak, nice um, spaghetti. But like I can't, you Too can't. Too many front. napkins. <laughs> but like I seen that shit right, and for some reason that just made it to my my feed this week on YouTube, and I had the time I was off, I was editing something, so I started listening. Then the the title of it got me, and it was like, yo, Nas gets gets disrespected. At a such and such and such and such, right? Um, I'm gonna insert a portion of it right now so they can hear. But we've already, you know, what I'm saying, watch. So I do want to have a conversation about this. So it was a hip hop panel hosted by Rap Radar. You would be hard pressed to call this a panel for real. Yeah, it was a it was a bunch of niggas. Well, this is the all year. Because this is the fiftieth hip, the fiftieth year of hip hop. Everybody's been doing these fucking panels and these things, and it's hosted by Rap Radar, one of the premier. To be hosted by Rap Radar, and B Dot was hosting. That panel was weak as fuck. So the panel, or I guess B Dot was probably the moderator, but the panel consists of Rob Markman. Shout out to Rob. Yeah. Um, Always- Trina. Bo. Simba. Bo. Tierra Wack. Bo. And that was the hip hop panel. I thought it was interesting that I just thought it was a very interesting panel. And somehow, and all of them people, all of the people on the panel did their top 10 MCs, and none of them had Nas on the list. Um, You don't have to think he's, he, he doesn't have to be your personal favorite, but like none of them had Nas on the list except Rob Markman. Top 10. And I thought it was interesting because one, oh, let me, let me, let me tell you how the conversation started. One of them said, like Tierra Rack said, Jada Kiss is getting Nas out the paint. Like, it's not even close. And I guess 
a part of me, a part of me understands why, why somebody would say that. Jada Kiss is like one of my favorite, right? Um, we talking about albums we listen to all the time. Yeah. Part of me, Kiss that came to goodbye is in my rotation. I listen to at least once or twice a month. I, I'm, the, I'm a last kiss, last kiss. A part of me understands like why adults smack kids in the mouth when they <laughs> when they shouldn't be talking because like you shouldn't be saying nothing. And like nothing. earlier in this panel, Simba said he was better than Eminem. You just not. Right, you just you just not. You ain't even been here long enough, my nigga. You you now, just not better than him. I give Eminem. We both give Eminem a lot of because yeah, them them Eminem. last three, four, five albums. Well, the first three are certified classes to me. You off the gate, boom, boom, boom. I haven't enjoyed anything after like the fourth one. So I don't I don't like none of this shit. That after album, that. the Re- album, recovery. The Nate, I like recovery. recovery. I like the album good. with the Nate Dog. Until the roof. That's Eminem show. So that's okay. the third one. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like them. That was it. That and was like, it for me. Even if I stop there, fam, you don't got three classics. You don't have a classic, and you're not better than him. He rap better than you. Whether I want to hear his melodies, or whatever, he rap better than you. Yes. You put out albums. You put out a mixtape album. But like somebody talking over it, I don't. I don't know why. Yeah, he did the, the gangster grills. Um, it's, it's just not enough music, homie. It's just not. And I and I'm not saying maybe one day we'll be sitting having a conversation. No, we about, won't. I'm just I'm just trying to play the hypothetical. No, fuck the hypothetical. Fuck being nice. I'm gonna tell you how I feel. No one will ever say Simba is the greatest rapper in his generation, in his crew, in his camp. That don't mean he can't rap because he can rap in his crew or the camp, nigga. I mean, who is crew? He was he was close with the TDE niggas for a long for a while. like who who you putting them over in that camp? J Rock. J Rock makes good albums and good songs. Yeah, Simba does not. Simba makes great great songs. That on um, even though it was a mixtape, there was some really really good songs on there. I just need to hear more music. That's yeah, the that, only thing that yeah, I, I, I think that's the, the only music. thing he don't got a lot of music out. Also, Tierra Whack. You have one album that came out in 2018. That's six years ago. The album is 15 minutes long and there's 15 songs on it. You average a one minute song for a fucking album six years ago. You do not get the right to talk about certain shit you don't have to like, but you got to respect because some of the stats is just there. Like, did I sell out Madison Square Garden this year? Yes, I did. It's like, well, who knew about that? Why don't you know that the, the garden got sold out by Nas? First time I ever performed the garden. I sold that bitch out this year. The Grammy I won was two years ago. I didn't, I didn't win my Grammy for, my, for 30 years ago. I've been, I've been at this shit for 30 fucking years. You have one album. With a one minute song per, you don't get the you don't get the deal. So it's just I, so I, frustrating I, to me sometimes. When you start that conversation, it reminds me of this movie, and I I can't think of the name of the movie, but it's about these fighters. Uh, they they boxers and they brothers, and one of them got fucked up in the ring, and like his claim to fame was like he he fought Sugar Ray, and that he claims he dropped him, but like it might have been like a slip. At Sugar Ray. Is that Floyd Mayweather Sr.? (laughs) They're white. So anyway, like the other boxer has a girlfriend and she kind of like shit on the brother. 
And he was like, what the fuck have you done in your life to judge anything I've done in mine? And like that type of thing makes me like when I think about like the not Tierra Wax conversation of like Jada Kiss could get Nas about to paint. While Kiss is a formidable rapper, like who the fuck are you to even pipe up your dumbass opinion? Like keep your mouth closed and sit the fuck down. Like you don't know and like you haven't you haven't done enough work. Nobody cares about your professional opinion and you're not a fucking professional. Like you playing around with this shit. Like you don't have to think that Nas is better than 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 Jada Kiss or he may not get him out the paint or whatever. But the I guess my thing it was the attitude on that stage was just like dismissive. It was dismissive. Yeah. And like how you dismissive to somebody who sells more records than you in the last three years? Simba, did your record do better than any of the magics? Did any of the other other KDs, the KD one, two, or three? Like it I'm not talking about me living off my past. My current music, the six albums that I dropped in the last three years, are doing better than your music, and I'm torn off of it, and I'm getting Grammys off of it, and y'all aren't doing better than me. So, devil's advocate, right? Yeah. I'm offered a little bit of different perspective. So, for them, you have to think about the Nas that they know, right? This resurgence for Nas is... Honestly, their first visual of seeing him like being in conversations and really being in news cycles and music being talked about and accolades and things like that, you know, because they're somewhat we, you got to think about it. Think about they're, Nas. They're look kids, look at kids. Nas's career. There's right. They're still kids. They're 21, 22, 23. So for real, their introduction to hip hop is late 90s maybe mid 2000s it, it still may be very juvenile but the Nas that you know if we just go on based on this perspective the the KDs the magic if that's the Nas that you know it's still better than the shit that you're doing Tierra Wack first album came out in 2018 six years ago in the last three years I've dropped six projects you haven't dropped anything and my music is better than yours I heard her new single right now Cause I I've seen her do her freestyles on flex and everything, and I know that she can rap. Yeah, she's. Getting, it, it don't sound like that shit that she just dropped. She's getting a lot of attention off of her potential and what people think she's capable of doing. So I think that's why maybe they give her a platform or nobody, space to give her. Nobody opinion. cares about potential. Like eventually, the potential. People, to, when you 18 and 19, people see the potential in you. When you 34, 35, they want to see the motherfucking results. I like. I can appreciate the potential, but like, where the fuck is the music? Because that's the only thing that lives forever. But is that, I guess, fair to her to say that her opinion is only valid if she's accomplished as an artist? Well, everybody has an opinion, but everybody's opinion isn't backed up by experience or expertise. I can think about whatever. Like, I can have an opinion about surgery, about cancer, about medical research. I but would never the, cut them right there. But but the the but the 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 professionals in that particular field, if I'm a first year student, I'm a first year law student, I might have a I have a, a perspective on this particular case. But when Johnny Cochran walk in the fucking room, his shit is is weighted more. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. A hundred percent. But I just think in that moment for that panel, for one, I think they knew who they they were trying to get uh I was trying to diss. 
No, I well, I don't. Well, you know, that's the whole Jay and Nas, and whenever he dropped, Jay got to step on it, all of that. But I'm saying, in the standpoint of they were trying to get a different mindset of an audience, right? So you have the Rob Markman, who is the accomplished journalist who well knowledgeable about the history of hip hop understands the relationships the progression of artists things like that then you have the trina who is also a seasoned artist but they're looking to give kind of like the auntie like type of viewpoint and then you have the two up and come well i would say simba's more of an up-and-comer than char but you would she think she'd be project. i know but they probably gonna still say she up and coming but either way, now you have two up-and-coming artists and they want to get their perspectives and basically say, hey, where do you, like, who is your top? And for them, recency bias, they're going to say, oh, yeah, Jada Kiss is amazing. When when we know, in the grand scheme of things, Kiss had a long kind of quiet period. Basically, after Kiss the Game Goodbye, all the way to Last Kiss, and then from Last Kiss to Freddie versus Jason to then Ignatius. Way. He's had some mixtapes in between there, but for the most part, Kiss has kind of had a quiet career for the last like fifteen years or so. And this is one. This is two things that that bother me about the whole thing. One, um, or no, Kiss the Death. Kiss the Death was out there. She Kiss referenced Rob Martin like you dress like him now, like in a disrespectful tone, right? Because she had yeah. on some um, some uh, some Tims and like some fatigues or some shit like that, and it was like. Like I get you have a, a opinion on the music, but what it sounded like is he was like, we ain't trying to hear that. She said, we don't want to hear that knowledge and no shit like that. We just want to hear rapping. Well, where the fuck are the rapping at? She was deflecting because in that moment, he basically kind of like made her, she felt like maybe he made her feel stupid. This generation ain't focused on just rapping. Now, Tierra Whack, I've only thing I know you from is freestyles. And if that was the type of music that you want, okay, cool. But I, the, the single that you're pushing right now, is extremely basic and ain't got nothing to do with just rap. And this whole generation, it ain't just give me the bars, give me the rap. It's it's attention. It's they the doing, exact opposite. Of yeah, they're doing anything to get the attention and to get the eyes on them. Whether it's say something controversial, say something negative. Because actually, I even said I've tweeted this several times in the last like month or two. You're getting, you're going to get more attention and notoriety being hated for something way faster than you will for being good at something That's or being right. positive yeah. you know Keith yeah we look at Keith Lee <sighs> Keith Lee was doing all kind of great work and traveling God and just great just just God, God is great that's all he's wanted to say is yo I just want to eat food have fun with my family be treated normal and be treated normal and then the moment he give construct constructive criticism now it's well, all the dialogue in the world well that's one thing because niggas niggas hate being wrong niggas yeah. hate being told that they wrong and niggas hate criticism of any yeah. kind can't tell them nothing and that's what essentially happened in her case with T.R. Wack is that Rob came with a lot of facts uh, strong pedigree and his knowledge of hip hop and his accomplishments Why you and, wanna... he's, and he's a rapper himself look, look, my nigga Mac Nichols said you ask a bitch a question you th she think you're trying to run her life and that was just a perfect example of that. You challenge her opinion, and nigga, and she start getting defensive, and the claws come out because she don't know she don't know how to how to digest that a conversation where she's challenged. Like just here in the local Metro Detroit area, I ain't never heard a nigga play a Simba song. 
I've never heard, I heard like, now, when, it, when it first came out I heard a lot of it now, being played I took a listen to the album I enjoy his freestyles more so than his music you feel me because I, I know he can rap you feel me um, I also thought B-Dot was just we we doing a, a, a rap radar podcast sponsored event we having a fucking panel um, 50 years of hip hop and all the other shit and then one of the pioneers of the whole fucking thing is just in my opinion, just blatantly getting disrespected. Like, so for an yeah. example, somebody somebody showed me the stats on like John Havlicek. The nigga like eight no in the finals. His like his rebounds is and exists. Like they they matched him and Jordan's stats, and the shit was like, yo, that's fucking crazy. Cause who knew another nigga went eight no in the finals when Jordan went six and on and blah blah blah. It's like I wasn't in that particular era, so I can't shit on that because those accomplishments are just those accomplishments. Yeah. I can't. I I don't now think that Havlicek is better than Michael Jordan, but I can't shit on that shit. No, because some of the shit is just that's a fact that happened in history. Like the numbers are the numbers. Niggas are studying my first album in fucking in in Princeton and Yale. Like they have college courses on my fucking album on Illmatic. It's in the fucking Library of Congress. Have you done something that's that's that have been put in the Library of Congress? Like some of this shit just happened. And I just be flabbergasted sometimes. Like, I, how do y'all swear y'all up and comings and students of the game? And again, I just think it was a moment where she was trying to be edgy, and because Kiss is really beloved in the Philly, you know, area, you know that that whole tri-state, you know, Philly, New York, yeah, you know, area. Cause he destroyed a Philly nigga, you know. What I'm yeah, like, hey, I'm stunting on the disco beat. Um, but I, I still say that. Granted, yes, she isn't as accomplished. She should at least still be entitled to the opinion, right? One hundred percent. And and I just think that it is crazy because it's not a an opinion that's shared often. Like, are there people who will say Kiss is a better rapper? Rapper, yeah, I get it. Rapper, and I think maybe that's also the other disconnect. I think she was talking about strictly from the mechanics of maybe rapping rather than the song making. Well, see, that's one that's tough too, because because if we're talking the rapping aspect, Kiss is the better rapper. Well, he's a better punchline rapper, because that's not the only form of rap. I, if we're going the lyricism of it. Nas is so worldly and I think he takes you to another place. But I, I think he used that track reference. Kiss throw the shot put really good. He not a distance runner. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nas may when run Nas a mile and, really good, but he not on show discipline nigga when Nas and Kiss are going back to back, there is no separation there. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, it's it's very tight. When I was on when Nas was on your album on show discipline, nigga, I was rapping my ass off. And it, I didn't. I didn't think that yo. I didn't even think that anybody got washed on that record. And we just rapping. Or on uh last kiss uh the what if record, and they went back to back and forth. I was like, okay, wait a minute, like this is close. Because like, I do it. I can do all type of styles of rap. We didn't heard Nas doing some introspective shit. We didn't heard you on some on some killerous murderous shit. Some fuck these bitches. Let's get this money shit. Like rap is. I got a bunch of different styles of rap. I think his Nas's style isn't a 
one for the masses. And I think that's maybe why you have people, especially again, in the the recency bias of people going back to listen to Kiss, realizing, dang, he do got a lot of hits. Whoa, he do got verses. He's yeah. got all of these things. Well, how do you how do you and it's not necessarily a direct it's more of a rhetorical question, but like how do you address or assess somebody not being for the masses when I have all these accolades that come from the masses? Yes. Yeah. That people listen to my shit, people buy my shit, like, but it's critically acclaimed and like from like and the I people. Have a thirty year career, like, and the people have supported me for thirty years. But but is it is it the career or is it how impactful that first project was? Because then you get the Lauren Hill syndrome, right? You have somebody who is talent who is talented, made an amazing body of work. But a lot of what came afterwards wasn't of the same, but they've just been able to no. live off of one album. I can't he got say one, it's the Lauryn Hill syndrome because like, she literally only redu- produced one album. If you call, I got, I got, call the Fuji's another one. All right. And I got 10 more. One was Nah, the other was Illmatic. That was a lie. And that was a long time. That was almost 20 years ago. But, 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 for, but for real, though, the first three albums was classic, classic, classic. When not when Jay put that I mean, shit we, in, the, we just going, we just going off the lyrics because like you know I just got to dig, I just got to dig at a nigga. I mean you could just go look at the the when they came out, the position on the charts they was uh, where they were at, the conversations, the articles, the mics in the source, like everything about that is different than the rap. The mics in the source, my nigga, nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but in the rap, it was a cute line and it stuck. I think, but that was a conversation because the then. big. The biggest it wasn't a con- the biggest record Nas had was on the second album. Yeah, no the Lauren Hill shit. I, it was written. I for me, I love it was written more than Illmatic, but Nostradamus and then Lost Tape. Album. Not what was three was Lost Tape. I am was number three. Okay, so I, I am, am not. I am came out in ninety nine, and then later in ninety nine, Nostradamus came out. Okay, and then Lost Tapes, yeah. and then Stillmatic. Okay, but before it it just it wasn't the same. But I think also at that period you had J and X was kind of running everything, so yeah, it was it was hard to fit him in there. I am is amazing album. <laughs> I am is amazing. I don't fucking know about album. That, that sound you're making. I I am was good as fuck. <laughs> I mean, like I am was a fucking amazing. So like now, Nostradamus is the first time that Nostradamus I felt like was a flop. I felt like, th- but that's when he tried to go commercial. Well, that's also because you owe me was on. I don't think you owe like I'm not a fan of you owe me. Like I just thought that album just wasn't produced well, and I did think it was. You owe me was not, a, was a, not to say that it wasn't produced well. There was a certain sound that was bubbling at that time, and Nas tried to attach himself to a sound that wasn't tailor made for his style. That's why we got a song like "You Owe Me." But that's also been this other knock on him, and I think why you would have people who take Kiss is that Nas didn't pick great production. But that's 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 not that's that's a lie. That's a lie. Just just hear me out. Like <laughs> that, 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 that's like an urban myth that Nas didn't get good production. Did he have huge hits? No. But like did he have terrible production that he was rapping over? What what was it? What was the songs? Show show me the album. I mean, we could do a deep dive one day. 
okay because it it but it's it does, just one it of those it really but exist. let's just say but that's all personal preference but too. if you didn't like the beats on Nas Pajamas, you said them ships was whack that shit was in 1999 my nigga it's 2023 so after after Godson Godson was well, 02 and then he had the the streets the streets disciple so that was what 05 uh, I wish I had my phone, but after uh, it was Godson, Streets Disciple, St- then Hip Hop Ma- Is Dead, Stillmatic, then the N, yeah, oh eight, and then that was I didn't it. like the N word album, the nigger album, though it was some shit on there. Uh, yeah, Fried Chicken was great. Fried- shit on there with, with, with Chris Brown, Breathe or whatever the what's the name of the joint with Chris Brown? I didn't do it was I don't know I couldn't. No, I, I, I played that album out a lot. Um. I mean, it was some shit on there, but I didn't like. I really was angry at Nas because he showed up to on CNN with a with a uh, the jacket that said "nigger." Him and uh, Khalees, and uh, the answer he gave was like, "I was I was expecting like this is your t- the, the world is looking at oh, you." Yeah. That like this was I, was I was waiting for this Nas answer, and it was just like, "Yo, what the fuck was that, dog?" I didn't like the album. I was mad during that album, and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck are you doing and shit?" Yeah, but the the whole idea. Um, is like, listen, I got this illustrious career that then spanned 30 years. We did, we know a whole bunch of niggas who had a great album in 1994 who kept making music who just didn't stick around. Like, yeah. I'm just dropping really good music in this current time, though. You know what I'm saying? The, I, the stats say that he's worthy of being top 10. Even if it's not top 10, he, he worthy of, he's not worthy of this disrespect. Okay, I see. What you Especially mean. when, like, I do the same thing as you, in any measurable statistic, I'm better than you at it. I'm not taking no disrespect off no child, because that's what the fuck it is. It's a child. So it's more so that she said it. It's more so. This is one of the issues: is the level of disrespect to when you talk about the 50 years of hip hop. Name a rapper that I ain't influenced. Literally, name a rapper that I ain't influenced, and then B dot who's hosting and moderating didn't have a fucking lick thing to say. Like how you, how do you, how do I respectfully have a quality panel? And if nobody is being serious, like the job of a moderator is supposed to be like, all right, I get you, but let's, let's, let's yeah, come on. Let's now. keep it real. Like, keep it real. <laughs> like when the, when Ty, when, when Sim said he better than NBA, Eminem, that have been the perfect time for me to because like, Tierra Wack was, she was talking he was talking about Eminem when he was like then Tierra Wack said like are you better than Eminem and he was like yeah I was about to say nigga you're not better than Tierra Wack but I didn't go that route at the time he can really rap though he can he, he's very good but how many niggas have we seen everybody can I, really I, rap I've got up on this show and and sung the praises of Jay Electronica who I think can really fucking rap. Where's the music, bro? Puts good words together. I don't know if he's a great rapper. I think the potential is there, but like... You said, hey, he's 40. What? You said, you literally said it five minutes ago. We, You we, you had great potential as a youngin', but now... I mean, Joel Santana had great potential. I, drugs. I believed in Santana so tough. Yeah, dr- bu- drugs did them bad. I bought the back like Cook Crack mixtapes. I had them. I believed in Jewel Santana. Man, I believed in J.R. Ryder. We all did. <laughs> that five-minute freestyle, you couldn't tell me that the writer of writers wasn't up. 
all them dipset niggas. Hell real, JR Ryder. 40 Cal. If they dropped a Jay so- Bezel. If they dropped a solo. Shice Bub. Perp City Bird Gang. If they dropped an uh, album, I bought it. I bought it. I believe I bought every. I, bu- I actually physically went to buy JR Ryder CD. I knew 07. none of this shit was going to make it. I fuck with Dipset, but not like the era of Dipset people fuck with. And I lived it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I just never understood it. I didn't. I never. You know what it was? And I looked at it from the. This is exactly what it was. The, I think it was the swag. This just is the what swagger it was. of it. When I so basically once Kanye West came out, all you niggas got on some soul sample beats. Y'all put the jury on, and then y'all rapped exactly the same. Like every single person rapped the same. And I was like, I see the formula. And like niggas is booming, I mean, loving the fucking soul samples on all that shit because it was full. But I was like, yo, this not really good rapping. Like, well, that's what the verses showed us is that when we listen to it now, it's it was like, a yeah. lot of it was a lot of swagger, little bit of substance. L- swag turned all. Yo, I got a brick on my hip and I like all right. <laughs> like I don't want to. Because I love Cam, and I think Cam is, like, an incredible rapper. When I look at his band of... <laughs> band of thieves. Nobodies. Like, them niggas, they not... Nobody like I said, carriers. They, they not good rappers, but they, them niggas dress fresh as fuck, and they sold that shit. Like, Who's the, the best rapper that came out of under Cam's um, umbrella? It was J.R. Ryder. I would have to disagree, and this is going to be very unpopular. Or Jim? Jimothy Jones. Yeah, J- he made the best music. But rapper, I'm, I'm taking You know that nigga can't rap, dog. No, Jim Jim is just now getting like, oh, okay. He knows how to put those. He knows how to rhyme them words together. Hey, this 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 last, I hate that it was against the girls, but this little mixtape he did, really good, and that Capo album, two really, really solids. And <laughs> Jim... And to say that Jim Jones, like, he's the best out the worst. He just survived. He found – Jim le- legit found – he took that same formula of, like, just dressing really well and selling the swagger. And, like, when he was executive vice president for one of them labels, like, jumping on a lot of remixes, like, he was just – he just kept his face out there. When this he, he, fell he, off – Jim Jones was still like so look, doing He made shit. sure to connect to the younger generation. Yeah. So it's like one of these things. Like, I know what kind of production people using right now. I know I got to say something catchy, and it has to rhyme. It don't got to be good rapping. You know what I'm saying? But it got to rhyme, and I got to I gotta stay on brand with all this shit. And this, a lot of motherfuckers, this is the perfect segue into the conversation. This is the difference between, like, doing this, doing rap music as a hobby a sport as a job, and then it being actually art. Because, like, last week, me and Dane was just shooting some content, trying to test some stuff out, and I put a, a snippet of it on Instagram. I put a longer snippet of it on um, about nine minutes of it on YouTube. But we was having a conversation because Vince Staples, this is a conversation from five years ago, by the way. It was Vince Staples, Joey Badass, and Styles P., and he was like, man, I kind of he was giving some pushback on if rap is considered art. He was like, but I can get with y'all on all this shit. But when y'all try to try to give me the, the, the rap music is art, I, I don't I don't agree. And he was like, if it's art, how come it's not treated like art? How come mm. you got you basically are told what kind of music to make? You know what I'm saying? I thought about that when you was like, 
you have to listen to certain music because when you out here DJing, yeah. like I have to appease this crowd. Yeah, what people want to be entertained yeah. by. So like in, in art, no, no one dictates what I, my art. If I got a, all right, Van Gogh, nigga told me I got to make, I got to paint bananas. So now I'm painting bananas. So if it's it's really art, why are we doing this with it? We're not treating it like art. Everybody else here is okay with a, the, the label selling your shit for a dollar ninety nine, making the music for a a very particular age demographic, um, and like it's and that that was the conversation. I wasn't necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with it, but I thought it was a good conversation and was kind of fleshing out you know some of his points and we had some dialogue and we posted a little bit of, of on on the socials or whatever. He was like, man, I wish I was there for that conversation. Yeah. But that's kind of like where it started from. And I personally think my official opinion is I think we have some music artists out here who legitimately produce and do art for the sake of art. And it gets out here. I think largely the consumers are not consuming it for the art. Absolutely. I'm consuming it because it's what's popular it's or fun or whatnot. Um, I don't think they are treating our art like art. And then when the commerce get put into it so quickly, it's like, is this shit art? So the, you got, you kind of essentially got to start at the beginning, right? You have to look at, and I, we can keep it hip hop, but when you look at hip hop, it was started as party music. It was party music, and then eventually it was used as a catalyst of getting across consciousness, you know, bringing the people together, fight the power. Um, and then eventually the 80, well, the 80s part of it, they saw how it can make a lot of money. They saw the profit in it. So the art aspect or the art community within the 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 genre started to dwindle so yeah you've always you'll always have people that are doing it for the sake of the art but the large portion of it is what is popular yeah. what is entertaining so what makes the money sure. right what makes the money how because for real as an artist we know like it's hard to make a living doing Starving art. Starving artists. It's, it's, it's hard to make a living just doing it for the pure soul of the art. I want to live my truth, my nigga. Also, the, 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 to add on to the, to the art portion with hip-hop, hip-hop was not only just music. It was the graffiti. It was the, mm -hmm. the break, the break dance. dancing. So it was the, the DJing. So, yeah. like, dancing can definitely be considered art. The graffiti, literally me painting murals and everything on is stuff art. like that's legitimately art. Um, Shit, the DJing aspect is it's art. I mean, it's yeah, a art, it's, it's an art form. It, it's dying though. I, I man, you'll get me on a whole nother rant on that one. But you have more so again the entertainment of it um, because I hear this nowadays, and even Jazzy Jeff has said it like from a DJing standpoint where he's like. Hey, who cares if you can't scratch, if you can't do this, you can't do that. As long as you're playing the music and the people enjoying it, you're doing great. Yes, but 
Who's it, dictating the music? It's it's not the same. And that goes in the standpoint of hip hop or in terms of rapping. You have people who are the pure artists. The, yo, I'm really going to take the time to sit down and write my rhymes. I want to tell a story. I want to have a great hook. I want to have great production. I want the engineering to sound good. I want to have three verses. <laughs> What? Yeah, that's not like the old man formula: three verses and hooks. I said that to La Russell one day, and he retweeted it. I was like, "Man, you know, I'm I'm a giant fan, right?" I'm like, "Man, I just want a whole song." You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, like the full thing. He was like, "Well, who says th- that one verse in the hook wasn't a, my complete thought?" I was like, "True, but I'm selfish, nigga, and I want to hear you rap." Right, we, right. We, and he laughed at that, and it was cool. But then a lot of people responded to my comments like, "No, nah, I, I get it." Yeah, people, because I know for a fact you got more than one verse. That's not your. That's not. Yeah, I was watching an interview with uh, Smino, and he was like, "Yo, I still take pride in third verses because he knows from he like appreciated rap from an era when it was like that third verse something serious was about to be said, or I gotta close this song on a high note." So anybody who's ever wrote raps, if you, even if you've never put out any of the music that you've written, if you sat down and wrote raps, that third verse, like that was the hardest to come up with. That was that's what tied things together. Everything together. And this it's a, oh, I want to be the Dale Horse man, but I got to bring it up. This is what separates, in my opinion, Andre 3000 from a lot of people that he's compared to because he don't have a song where he rapped three verses. No. Ever. You know what I'm saying? And do I think he has the the capability of it? Yeah. He didn't rap the verse of like 64 bars. Split that shit in three. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and because it's art, I can't tell you how to create your art. Your art, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, bet. Everybody used to three verses. I don't want to do that. I want to express myself some, some differently. And if I'm looking at it as the art, I guess I got to accept whatever you paint. But also, too, the other side of it is people started to see the loophole. So then came the business of it. Yeah. Well, hey, the longer the song is, the harder it is to stream. So I'm only going to do one take and I'm going to do one verse. So it's only going to be a minute and 25 seconds so that they can register. Yeah. And then and y'all are just re- going to loop it. If you like it, then just run it back a couple of times. Right. And now I got three streams in the same span of my one song would still be on. Exactly. So now you lose the quality in said art, and now you have the subgenre of people who are, all right, well, I'm just trying to make money. I'm not even trying to make actually good music. I just want to make something that can be easily consumed. And then that's where the larger issue is. And kind of back to our original point is you have, and honestly, I think it all exists together, and it has to exist together because that's how you tell who's who, and that's how you appreciate the people that do create the art more and yeah. I think that's why you have the Kendricks why you have Killer Mike why you have J-Rock like you have that genre but then you have the future you have the Gucci you have the people who are like making a certain type of sound that while it's quality it's focused on an entertainment aspect they're not out to say or their goal isn't to be the best rapper the, the best rapper yeah. the most introspective to I ain't a rapper I'm a hustler right I, I ain't no I ain't rapper. A rapper. I'm a trapper. I, right. I'm no rapper. I ain't nobody. I'm just I'm just saying what I know or what I come from, you know. And unfortunately, that is messing it up. We need more art or we need at least the passion 
to make the art still in the music. But it, e- but even when we have artists like that, like the Gucci's and you know, gonna you still got like a JID, you still got Earth Gang, you still mm-hmm. have artists still creating. J Cole is still creating art, even though he's at the top of the. You can argue at the top of the mountain. Kendrick is creating art. Killer Mike. Killer Mike is creating a, a, the favorite. My I think Drake is creating shit. art. And that, but that's just me. I think Drake is still creating art. But I think Drake has realized that, hey, in order for me to be the best, to be the most successful, I need to find a way to tap into both. I think Drake is paying by numbers. But that's but that's because of where he is in his career. He's only being judged by the numbers. If he doesn't sell the most, if he don't got a hit record, people no. gonna look at it like. No, well, when I say well, paint by numbers, I'm thinking it's like not art. It's more formulaic. I'm tracing now. Well, he understands what sells. I so and, not and, art. Well, no, he he he's making art, but he's making it in a way that he understands how. When I put out something, I have to make sure I touch everybody, right? I'm not just putting out a project because I, even though I want to rap and I want to rap the full album, this is for my hardcore rap fans. He's not going into the album making that type of art. Could he? Absolutely. He not. So to me, I don't think he could at I, this point. He absolutely could. The whole entire first half of Scorpion is. How many albums ago? How many albums ago? I haven't liked, well, he just put out five projects in I haven't liked two years or three years. And they haven't been good. Good is subjective because I like her lost certified lover boy. And the more that I listen to it, I'm starting to like for all the dogs. Honestly, never mind. It's, it's cool. It's different. So this is what I what I mean. You want paint by numbers like this. The exact same formula that you do every time. I'm a rap about um, my relationship with young women and how they, they spit me and did me dirty. Basically, all these that's not even I'm not even rapping about love or anything like, yo, I was spending some money on this person. We spent some time. She spent me. And like, that's the majority of the music now. I, earlier in his career, it was about, yo, these was issues I used to have with my father. You know what I'm saying? Not being here and everything like that. When I listen to the conversation with Yachty and, and Cole, like Cole's like, I'm, I'm trying to push my pen to the next level to be the best I can be on such and such and such and such. I'm listening to a Kendrick album and I see how layered everything is. Like, nigga, I can listen to this album in frontwards and reverse and get two different stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything I'm saying is double and triple entendre. I'm trying to push this shit to the max. And then we got somebody who's clearly at the top of the game and the popularity and everything like that. It's like... But maybe chooses not to go as as hard as they could. When you go in there, like, forget the sales and the numbers. You Drake. You can make whatever the fuck you want to make and we gonna like it because... You're at the top of the game. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you want to push your pen or push your creativity to the next level, you're not pigeonholed to, because that's the case. It's like, if we do an art, then somebody is telling you what to paint. And like, that's not how. But I think that's, I think the people are more so pushing that, right? Because if you think about it, if Drake puts out that, that that rap album right that like i'ma just bar it up like i'ma really get on my kendrick and cole type uh level of in terms of his peers like that level of lyricism even a wale type he can still make it melodic and still rap even if it's not it don't have to be rap but your content is what we talking about but i don't think that he touches as many people as he normally would if he puts Based out that upon type what, of project though? 
based upon really his track record lately with raps. Any of his like pure rap records, I'll tell you what, haven't the, really. But those aren't the ones that he's necessarily pushing to the front either. But because he knows that those records aren't going to either a get him the radio play so, that keep him in the clubs that keep him talking. What's on the drama with him with the blue background? Nothing sky. was the same. Yeah, that's my favorite album. Mine too, because he yeah. rapped the most on that shit. And he, that he that would. That, well, I think it was the perfect balance of rap and melodic stuff. For sure, but it was a lot of rap on there. Oh yeah, people ate it up. He rapped last time. The last time he rapped, people ate that shit up. He rapped. A he lot. hasn't put out a, a a rap album that people didn't like. People have liked every single one of his albums. Like I get it. If they put out some. Some some real metaphorical super duper, and they was like, nah, they didn't like nothing was the same at first. It 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 took them listening to the other stuff that followed it for them to go back and appreciate it. Nothing like, was the same. Yeah, they didn't they didn't like that at first. I don't know if I agree with that. They didn't like that because they didn't like that's on, the blue album. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, they didn't like on it. They talked a lot about Wu Tang forever because they was like, "How you gonna do Wu Tang?" So then he put out the remix of that song with Wu Tang on it. But like that fucking record was amazing. I mean, Wu Tang Forever was a great fucking yeah, record. That's a really great. Song. Like niggas gonna tweet and do whatever, but like no one, not, no one not listen to it. <laughs> like that shit did. That was the one that had All Me on there. Yeah, All yeah. Me was at the end. Like that album was amazing. Was That's my favorite Drake album. Yeah, he had to join with shit. Him and Jay Z on there. He had to fucking yeah, pound cake. Go, going home. It's all, all, and all me was like rapping. Yeah, that big time was vi- on there. That should have got a video. Like, yeah, I'm just saying, like this shit just it it seems lazy to me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not interested in it no more. Like it's like some of the the the, the bigger songs, whatever. Like it's just all this shit just sound the same to me for the last four or five albums. It's like. Only because he's my my favorite rapper right now. I'm going to always be a fan of it. But I can see where somebody would get tired of it. Like, okay, bro, like, you didn't gave me this the last like, like, five, nigga, six albums. We got like, the Mona Lisa. Now you, you keep drawing pit- women with smirks on their face. Like, yeah. all right, I heard it. I, I saw it. The paint was cool. Don't paint me the same picture uh, every single time. Which So that's then I guess this is where I wanted to then, the, the topic I wanted to bring was is that so – He's going to always sell, you know, two million, three million, four million, five million every album. Yeah. To him, it's art. To his fan base, they gonna love it. It's consistent. I don't know. To him, it's art. For him, I I don't think he wouldn't put it out if it wasn't art to him. I think he still would to satisfy contractual obligations and to keep you. But he's the one keeping the lights on in the building. Still, if I, I need you t- to do that, yeah, if yeah. I got, if I got an eight album deal and I got two more of these bitches left, y'all niggas gonna get these albums. And I also feel like an artist like Drake, he makes a ton of mo- he makes a ton of money touring. And what what is easier to tour? Brand new material. But he hasn't toured often. He just toured last year. This, I mean, this, this year. T- that's his first tour since the last time he was since like twenty eighteen was twenty eighteen. Well, the pandemic was twenty twenty. Yeah, but I mean, th- but. He that was his last album was Scorpion. That was his last time touring. And he's then he dropped the album which was a bunch of B sides and mixes that was that already was, out. Throw, yeah, the throwaway joints. Yeah. He did Dark Lane demo tapes. Con- contractual obligation. I got no. Nah, he he was already out of his Cash Money deal. Um, his last Cash Money project was Scorpion. I feel like yeah. All his all his stuff now is it just say OVO OVO sound 
Um, and I think it's like a partnership with a Republic. I just say, uh, when we was trying to pick out people who, who doing the art and who doing the, uh, this is what sales type shit. And it feels Drake does what sells. For for nah, sometimes it, it just okay. feels like that, you know. Um, and also, like when I have a very specific goal of making sure that the young people listen to my music, I know it's not art. You make the art, and then you make who is like when I specifically, I gotta stay younger. The, the music fan is younger, as if people stop listening to music when they get older. Like I did, I never left the marketplace. Indeed, like I'm 41. But I never left the music marketplace. I still want it. I'm looking for it. And when I don't have it, I'll just listen to some old shit. <coughs> but see, that's the idea that music is only consumed by a certain demographic is like or a certain age group is like, fam, that's just not true. I, I, I definitely get that. But then it just poses the age old question of do you want to be hot or do you want to be consistent? And I think for him. It's maybe an ego thing, too, that, hey, I've been on, like, that's something he brags about consistently. It's like, yo, I've been on top. I've been on top. I'm I'm on this run. Like, I'm on top. I'm number one. I'm the closest. I'm next to Mike. It's, oh, that's on, the only people they compare me to right now are people that's dead. Like, that's his maybe fascination with being hot. But after a certain time, I mean, he's got to come like, down. I think he can be hot with – so – when your fan base age and you age with them, they don't leave you. They're just still here. But the thing is, is that his fan base is aging and they kind of are leaving. And so what he's Cause doing. like your music. But. Because your music is geared to somebody who's not me no more. But I also think it takes life experiences too, right? And I think for him, he's the way he's at in life. Fucking young girls. He. Getting he, spent. He's, this is also my issue. This is a this is a big issue for me. He's a he's almost a billionaire, man. This is get, big, this is a big issue. Why for can't me. we get introspective? And man. it's not it's not about music. You're the biggest star in the, in the world with music, damn near. Why do these young girls keep spinning you, fam? Hey. I don't make like your all your music is basically man. I got hold. That's why he, I got hold again. That's why it's for all the I dogs. Got to be a dog, man. Nah. I got hold again. Like God damn. He up? he was a certified lover boy, and then he said honestly. Never mind. Let me her loss. When I say give me the this for all the dogs, I'm gonna show you how daddy ball. Let me get that money. I'm gonna show you dogging, dogging at a level, nigga. You did. You would have to pray for me at night about because you never thought that Dane was stooped to them levels. Like it would be disastrous. I just can't imagine deplorable. Like for all the dogs getting spun all these times and then telling everybody in my music maybe that's his therapy that that's that's probably his art nigga i would be like a rod there would be a gift basket at the door <laughs> take two <laughs> take take one for you take one for your mama let her know you was at dame house he talking about some girls 21 like the savage she had to she didn't couldn't get her like you you dating like really young women hey teach his own i'm not knocking you for it but like fam why they spinning you i would be wearing these young bitches the fuck out or so you think. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm still rich. You're still he up, poor. Yeah, but B, there ain't no telling what you doing. <laughs> let me tell. I uh, let me tell you something. The shit that I would be doing, dog. You niggas better say your hail marys for me because I am doing <laughs> vile things in the bedroom. Man, I want to. Uh, I'm so rich. I'm peeing on. I'm peeing on leave-ins. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, I um to bring this shit full circle. 
um, you know, Nas dropped him a bunch of them fucking albums, and he was, I forget one of them talk shows he was on, and basically was like, man, I just want basically these older artists who everybody loved like, dog, just drop some fucking music. Yeah. Not trying to make it sound like what it is, what the young folk like. Just drop some fucking music that you enjoy and you think is good, and then, like, people going people gonna to listen to it. I see Redman been going on this thing and doing this shit like fam. Yeah, he been going crazy. I love his Redman can still rap. His freestyle's been crazy. Like these, we ain't left the market. We just want to hear some shit that we want to listen to. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole idea that like, all right, well you 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 reached this particular age, so I got to change my music, nigga. Benny the Butcher didn't get on till 36 years old. Like for real, for real. But I, and I'll say this about Nas, it took somebody younger like a hit boy with more of a current sound that allowed him to kind of like find a the right pocket of I don't think not that, sounding outdated but I don't think there's anything wrong with that you just because you find maybe I lock in with a younger producer that doesn't mean I got to sound like the Migos maybe you give we work together to craft a sound what a producer and an MC should be doing. While I love Benny, I would like to see him switch up that flow pattern a little bit more. Maybe he do need to get with some down south. Nigga, sit in the studio with Scarface. Sit no, in the studio the, uh, with yeah, B. Burden think, the Proof was really good. I think Curve was like, yeah, he need to get in the lab with Hip Boy. I don't know if second time around. The first one was really, really good. I don't know if them a second time would live up to the first one. I don't know, man, but like, it's okay to make music. This adult contemporary hip hop is what I like to call it. Um, I came with Alchemist for 10 songs. I would listen to a Benny and Alchemist. I like that. Like, it's enough people out here to listen to music. Niggas just didn't stop liking hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like, they hear, they, we all got title and Apple Music subscriptions. And we, niggas are still listening to shit from early 2000s. Like, fam, just drop something niggas want to listen to. It's, it's, and it's based on streaming and not sales. So right. I don't even need a million people to buy my album. Just people to consistently listen to it. You look at underground or what we considered underground hip hop is still like really alive and thriving. Mm-hmm. When you look at niggas like Rock Marcy, 38 yeah. Special. Uh, Stove Cooks. Yeah. Stove what's, Cooks. Listen, what's, you, what's my man? Ransom. Yeah. Like they, they're putting out credible. Banks. Banks about to. Drop this $100 tape. More power to them. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Selling the next project for a hundred bucks. This is my art. It's, it's worth more than a, a zero point one cent penny. Nip, nip and sold his. Those sold mailbox money for a thousand a pop. Yeah. And somebody won't want to hear it. And guess what? Depending on what artist you are, you probably make more money selling them for four hundred dollars a pop than you gonna get on streaming. And it's directed consumer. You build that relationship. Like and this take is, that bitch out on the road, do a bunch of small, do a bunch of smaller venues, hit fifty L clubs. Yo, and y'all know Daylight, right? Yeah. So Daylight released the album. He did a song with Drake. That song never came out, but he said that the, the, the Drake album. They did it together. They took the picture together, the whole nine yards. Sold the fucking album on. He sold it for like ten dollars or some shit via PayPal. The money was in his account. He's like, I had over a million dollars in my account the next day. Because mm. me and Drake kind of trolled y'all and said we was doing this whole project and shit. But, like, my fans bought the shit directly from me. They got the download link, the whole nine yards. And I didn't wait three months for you to run shit. Like, I had the money in my account the next day. 
There's nothing stopping y'all from doing this shit. But and that's until that, somebody. T- so when Beyonce drops a, this has been my this has been my idea for a long time. I've said it so many times on this podcast. I don't know why you haven't done it yourself. But when Beyonce drops the Beyonce app on Apple in the download store, yeah, and charges ten dollars for it, they will she, pay that. She's gonna get seventy percent of the money because they Apple take thirty percent. Yeah. Then I'm gonna get seven dollars an album, and you download this app. My whole entire, all my songs here, my interviews are here, my music videos are there, and I'm rich, in like a week, if, at seven dollars a pop, everybody got a fucking iPhone or whatever that whatever the app store is. Download that fucking the put Beyonce your, app. Only thing is, is she don't put out enough in, of anything to keep that afloat, like. She don't do interviews. What All her content. It'll be internal, though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I, you, you can get some behind-the-scenes access. Anything that happens on this that got to do with this particular album will always go here. If I do a documentary, if I do anything, it's always going to go here. And as long as you got this, boom, boom, boom. Like, Phil, yeah. why don't you do that shit? Because they probably make, they think they make more money licensing it elsewhere. Because that's what she about to do with the, the Renaissance. So she going to drop it in theaters. Then it's going to be in theaters I'm for that about week. like for insert rap artists here. Oh, yeah. You nah. know what I'm saying? So so I know for a fact. But I think that only works if you are like a huge name. No, no, I disagree. Only because and that was the point I was making earlier is that artists, you have to create that hub of people that support you. And that content of showing the behind the scenes or um, inviting people. Matter of fact, I give you another prime example. MGK. Um, this is, I think, after Wild Boy, and when he was working, um, he had a clothing sponsorship with uh, the clothing line, uh, Young and Reckless. And um, a friend of mine, she was real tight with his old manager. He was recording his album, um, and he got a real diehard fan base, by the way. Big people fan. people don't realize how crazy of a fan base MGK got. MGK can rap. Man, he went crazy on that T Grizzly joint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He can really rap. He went crazy on Eminem, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, he snapped on the Thug album, too. Really liked it. He can really rap. That's all I mean. He's always been a great rapper. Um, but he decided while he was recording the album, he took 10 fans, flew them out to Colorado. They had because they was recording in Colorado. It was I think right around the time weed had got legal out there. So he flew them all to Colorado. They had a a big ass cabin. It was cool. They had food. They was smoking and everything. And he allowed them to watch him record the album and everything, give feedback, play the music and everything, help him with yo what songs y'all think I should put on the album. Like he did a whole immersive activity with the project to show his fans of. Yo, I really appreciate y'all. I really rock with y'all. I really like having y'all involved in the process. That type of content now would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that that will be the kind of stuff that really keeps you locked in with the people and will keep those people buying your product. Because it's like, dang, imagine he doing that now. He might do something the next album work. So you mean, so if LaRussell said, yo... Go to your app store and download the LaRussell app. That's where my next project is going to be. Every time I do an interview on it, every time I do every, every video is going to be shooting live from the pergola, download the app. Niggas is downloading it. Yeah. They download it. It's 10 bucks. Yeah. Or whatever the cost may be. You have to, you have to, nowadays you have to find a way to 
centralize your audience to make sure that they're about you. Um, even like artists that I personally know and like kind of rock with and kind of give advice to, I've, I've consistently told them lately, like, yeah, it's cool to go on other platforms, but don't like, yo, we're going to go on Kid L and shoot to the top so we can get on that audience and get the exposure and do all that. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. But that only works if you've already established your own identity and platform. Absolutely. If people don't know you and you go on somebody else's platform, you really just kind of helping them because it's giving them the Lord. Like, yeah, look at me. I'm kind of always finding people when in reality you paid to get on the platform. But it's like, okay, well, you were there and you're going to tell everybody, yeah, yeah, go check me out on Kid L Podcast. Chill. You know, I'm on Kid L, Kid L, Kid L. And then all it takes is for the next guest later that day to maybe do something viral. And now your interview completely forgotten. And now you don't wasted that cheese. Yeah. When you could have easily just found a way to take that same money you was investing to get on that platform, invested in yourself, invested in your content to bring more people so you can get that market research, figure out who's actually listening to it. Because um, that's even how they plan the tours now. They look yeah. at the listeners in what cities and they see, okay, dang, we doing a lot of streams in L.A. We do a lot of streams in Chicago and Atlanta and Houston. All right, cool. We'll do make sure we got these main cities locked in. And then it's like, all right, well, we want to get more viewer uh, listenership in El Paso. So we'll do a quick little run over here on our way to Dallas from and like, Houston. I would use that money on Instagram targeted ads or Facebook targeted ads because the Facebooks be way more specific and they run them on both. Yeah. Like I need, I want this, I want you to put this ad in front of 22 to 32 year olds. In this in radius L. of this location. Who are fans of, like they let you put, mm -hmm. who are fans of podcasts, who are fans of Joe Rogan, da 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 da, boom. And now that's that's where your thousand dollars went. And then you get all of those numbers back, and then you can see, okay, dang, this is where we at. This is what we doing. Compare that with, yo, I did a little pop up event for coming to do a listening for this project I'm about to do, or here's the streams from this song I put out. All right, this is where we need to do a little bit more work. Like really invest in you and rather the, than somebody but, else. But it's but it's it's never that quick turnaround. It's never that. They they looking for the instant gratification. Yo, looking, instant gratification, in my humble opinion, awful is when you drop you drop that app and you see people downloading it or not because that work has paid off over time. And then when people go to your app to listen to your songs instead of doing a streaming, I know where they at. I have the data. You know what I'm saying? Like I literally have the data. I know how old they are. I know what mm -hmm. part of the world they in. I know how many times they listen to it. Me being me yeah. having two hundred thousand streams this year on Spotify does absolutely nothing for me. Besides me posting it on my Instagram and at saying, the end of the year, I'm like oh shit, nigga, two hundred thousand. Yes. Now what did that do for me? Now if I had two hundred thousand people on my platform on my app, and then I leveraged that when I went to go talk to Sony, like look, this is what I'm doing on my own. Um, through my if own. you had two hundred thousand people successfully subscribe to your app, do you know the millions they would be ready to give you right then and there? Because that's actually the thing labels want more than anything is direct access to listeners. That's why if they can get them pre saves for any of the album, yo, hit the pre save link, and then you see how you got to put in your info, and it says, oh yes, I allow Sony Records to da 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 da. -da. That because that means that Sony is about to get all of the data in your phone off the Apple Music app 
how many times you listen, how long you listen, what are you listening? Okay, cool. How do we figure out a way to get our artists into the relevancy of the songs you're listening to or at the top of the playlist? Like, that is very, very valuable. And honestly, that's the better route to go because it's already been proven now with all the technology that it's easier and more profitable to have your own platform. But, but that's when you talk about that market research strategy. If I'm MC Apple and I'm trying to drop my shit tomorrow, I ain't got time to wait six months to see. I you mean, know. you might as well. You, you got to. You gonna drop that? You gonna drop that shit tomorrow? On Apple Music ain't shit. Ain't shit gonna change. Yeah, <laughs> the streams is coming, nigga. <laughs> but the, but then again, that's that's why I, I got four two Doug on a remix. The streams is coming. They on the way. And if, unless four two Doug tells somebody that he's on your song, the only people gonna know that he on your song is the people on your timeline who already don't listen to your music. Because <laughs> you know you got to pay a little extra for Doug to post on his page that he on your song. Yeah. Cause like If And don't let you want to shoot the video So like if I get you And I do an audio like, and a video Like if I'm you I'm not coming out if you ain't got 20 bands Cause your idea is like If I get this artist on my 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 song I'm gonna take some of their fans Cause you know what I'm saying They gonna hear They gonna see Blah 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 But if they don't never say nothing That we did a song together Like how they ever gonna know No I feel you it, it's like when a bear shits in the wood, does it make a, like does it make a sound? Like nobody's nobody's gonna know that shit unless we both promote it. And what is the incentive for? And I'm just using Doug name just as an example. I don't want no problems with them with them niggas. But what is his incentive to put your your no name album with my brand name? Like what's my incentive to put this on my story and keep it up there? Like we talked. Are you about- talking about twenty four hours? Like we talked about at the podcast um, summit, right? You can pay a guest to come on your pod. Like, yeah, that's not out of the question. But once you pay them to come on your pod, are they about to repost the stuff? Because yeah. if not, you are not gaining whatever you thought this was going to be. Like, yo, I want to get this famous person on my podcast because then more people listen to my podcast. But if they never tell anybody you they was on it, you got the same feed. They have no sense of investment in your pod after they get that money. Nigga, they really don't want to be there, but you pay At all. You, you pay them. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we management said the wire came through. So I guess I'm gonna talk to these bitches for an hour. Well, you said they said the podcast is about an hour, so it's, it's at the 59 minute mark. I'm a I'm gonna check you. I'm gonna check you guys later. Like God damn. But that's why we. I mean, you, you're not wrong to pay for somebody to be in your pod. If Floyd Mayweather came here, it was like niggas hundred dollars. Here you go, my nigga, because I want to actually talk to you. You know what I'm saying? But I feel what you're saying. You got to make sure if you haven't done the market research or making sure that the investment is not going to give you the return that you're looking for, you just, nigga, you throwing money out on Joy Road. If I you pay, know niggas is poor on Joy Road. If I pay you $5,000 for a feature on my album, am I going to make $5,000 for you being featured on my album? Because if I'm not, then I'm that's an L. All, every time. But that's the route of people who want to shoot to the top. And be hot. And niggas is doing it every day. Like we we sent like we can sit here and logicalize is logicalize a word? It is today. We can make <laughs> we can make it sound logical all day long. But like, yo, if I'm dope boy, you know, dope boy D money and I look, I gave Mac Nichols ten grand to rap on his to rap on his record. Shout out to Mac. That's my guy. I, I fucks with Mac. Long way. Shout out to Mac. I gave a nigga, I gave a nigga Mac ten grand to rap on his shit. Cool. Now I want to shoot a video of Floods. 
Mac is a businessman. I mean, Mac, Mac on the A. Hey, that's my time. I, he he was like, look, you paid for the verse. There's nobody got gypped. You paid ten grand. You got a verse. The verse didn't include the video. I've seen these conversations happen. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, for the yo, this the verse. This the video. You know, what I'm saying like I've seen this this shit happen, and like it's a lot of commerce to be involved. My time costs every time. And that's probably more valuable than him doing the verse. Yeah. You know, but hey. But uh, even even if he don't rap, just to have a nigga in the background, look, I gotta get I gotta get up, I gotta get dressed, and I gotta come to wherever the fuck you at. And be around, standing around, hot. Like I can damn. also I can pay insert ass twerker here to 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 drop the flyer to my party in their story. But I don't know if you guys know. Depending on what I post, they won't show that story to per- certain people. No, yeah, like, and I I do this like it be something that I know is showable worthy, and you will see how your story views will go up. Mm-hmm. Then I will post something that I know is not quote unquote story worthy or this one regular. Like I'll, oh I'll post a pod. Nah, we not gonna show the shit. Now, nah, when you open your phone, they not over to the side. Mm-mm. They know what the algorithm is, and like, I'm not gonna allow you to do promotion when I sell promotion. Yeah, the app not gonna let you do it. So the girl who be twerking her ass on, on online all the time, or she the popular whatever, whatever. You see how many likes and everything she got on every app, or every time they post something about a flyer or whatnot. It don't got as much engagement. Mm-mm. It don't got much views. Because that's not going to keep you on the app as long as it would if you was watching her video. Yeah, And they're like, you know what? No, if you want an advertisement, you know, pay, pay me. Yeah, pay us. And Instagram like, no, I know this ad, my nigga. <laughs> we ain't showing this to nobody. Yeah. But, but that's when it comes to, the, again, do you want to be hot or do you want to be consistent? Um, Kevin Lyles actually said that. I remember he said that to, was it? Sean? Yeah, I want to say it was Sean during his um uh his his first album run at Def Jam and it was like, you know, you can be hot, you can go be Drake, or do you just want to be consistent? Consistency will give you longevity. Like currency will forever be around. Currency don't have a big number one record. Does he got some one cult? of my favorite rappers? He's got favorite. Uh, he's probably your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Like you want to be, you want to be famous, or you want to make some money, right? Because if you want to make some money, take your shit off streaming unless you already popping, popping. Yeah. Because you're not like all the people who fuck with your music are gonna stream it and do what they supposed to as a fan, and you're not making no fucking money though. Look, look, the older that I get, you know, I used to think like, man, it'd be cool to be famous. You know what I'm saying? Like to. But my nigga, I just want a nice ass house, couple cars, some money in the bank, and be able to smoke weed and do what I want every day, as opposed to like getting up and doing what the fuck I got to. I wanted to being like, famous costs money. Being famous costs a lot of money. Like to just do regular shit, like it does. And, that, and that's the thing. I cost money. <laughs> I want to be able to look in the fridge like, oh, shit, we out of Simply's. Let me go up to Kroger real quick and get some. Nah. Maybe people, nigga, I've seen Royce to 5'9 at Walmart more times than I can count. And, yeah, I'm famous, 
But, nigga, I can still run in here, get two gallons of milk and a rotisserie chicken and be right back out shit, without people, in, like, fucking with me. We ran into Tim Hardaway last weekend and shit. <laughs> cool as hell. In and out. Yeah, I think I, uh, I was I was DJing at uh, District and uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Jack. Mm. He was in there. Like, we, Dolo. We was at Churchill having a cigar. We walked right past him. Like, is that Tim Hardaway at the end of the bar? Yeah, it was. Yeah. But now nah, imagine if a Kate Cunningham walk yeah. in there. Now he can't, he got to, hey, we got to, you know, move out the way. All right, let's clear out this back room. All right, hey, we got to make sure we take staff away from the the main floor to you make also sure gotta, them straight. You also got to pay extra for your tip because if you don't leave a, a giant tip as an as a then they gonna talk whatever, about and now you're on Shea Room, he left me $30. The bill was $2. He ain't leave me 500 He ain't leave me 1000 Now I'm on the Shea Room because I'm cheap and now, like, it costs to be famous, man. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to be famous. Mm-hmm. I just security, like I said, drivers. Give me a nice crib, couple, few cars, my my kids and my lady straight. You know, I can smoke how I want to and when I want to, and I can do what I want. If me and Jay, like, hey man, we we recording today? Yeah, let's link up about two. And I show up at the studio four thirty. It ain't no thing, cause like I'll be honest, man. Once things. Get how they about to yeah. get. Yo, we do the studio at the crib. <laughs> like, well, that's fine. But no, I mean, I still have. Uh, I mean, it would. We still gonna need to sit. In, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, we still need to sit in front of each other every now and again. But you know, I'm just gonna put on my robe and some Nike sweatpants, and I dial in, my nigga. For the one <laughs> shit, we gotta be on set. But yeah. for the other, the regular part, you can pull up at the crib, my G. That's fine. Can I smoke in your house? Uh, no. Then I don't want to record over there. Yeah, just over there. At least you can let me do a smoke in your house. Uh, let me boo boo in the house. No, I did not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he made you hold it. Well, no, no he, he didn't I tell me. It. I ain't hold it. Had a little fight party and shit. Hey man, connect your phone to the Bluetooth. <laughs> it's not working for some reason. I know you don't believe me, but I'm I'm gonna give you my phone. Go ahead, thanks. Because the Wi-Fi wouldn't work in either. Connected. Um. All right. <laughs> but like, it, so like, even on a personal tip, because I actually been like, I think about this maybe twenty four seven, right? All right. Um, I was blessed to celebrate fifteen years DJing this year. Mm. That's what's up. Fifteen, like fifteen years, and it. The more that I sit and think about it, it's like, wow. Like, to do anything consistently for 15 years is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I don't care if you just working at a, if you was working at McDonald's, like, it is an accomplishment. And for me, I have taken more solace in that because everybody got their run. Everybody going to be hot. They're going to be on every party, every event. You're going to be all over everywhere. And then eventually it dies out. Either you can find a way to reinvent yourself, keep yourself consistent, or you quit. And a lot of times, especially in this new age um, of of DJing and and social media, you see a lot of people who lose interest because it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I can deal with this. It's just the money ain't there and this and that. And honestly, that's when the real work is supposed to start because now you have to see what are you made of? What have you learned? What have you accomplished? What have you invested into yourself in order to 
elevate your brand. What's been your secret to staying relevant and staying working um, for 15 years? <laughs> always knowing when to pivot uh, and, and being a people person, um, I think, is, is the biggest thing. I, I think that people get into DJing or really into anything of passion for the wrong reasons. If you get into it for the money, the money, the moment, or the moment, the money is gone. You lose interest um, because I actually love what I do because I got a passion for music. I'm always going to be engaged and locked into the profession of it. Right. Um, even if I wasn't getting paid, I still would just have fun doing it. And I think that allows me to keep the battery in my back, even mm. though I will at times because I'm human. Like, dang, like I could have been on that event or damn, why didn't get a call for that? Or why didn't this work out? But I have to remember at the end of the day, what's for, what's for me is, is, is going to be for me. But still stay consistent, stay working, stay networking, continue to find spaces that you can exist in. Because I may not be for the, I found, I'm not for the clubs. Can I do clubs? Absolutely. But I also know it's maybe not the best place for me because I'm not able to be as maybe creative as I want to be. You know what I mean? Whereas doing other events or the restaurants or things like that probably work better for me. Let me ask, so has um, the advent of technology impacted DJ? Yes and no. So it has made it simpler. It's not made it easier because it still takes the understanding of timing and the music and things like that. Those fundamentals are still there, but it is more convenient. Like the equipment, yeah, I don't have to have 10 sets of crates and lug them all around and big tall, you know, yeah. panas you know, Panasonic tower speakers and lugging them in the car and stuff like that. That convenience is there. Um, but yeah, there is somewhat of a detriment with technology because you have people that instantly think you have every song on YouTube on your computer ready to go because they have it in their phone. I guess that's what I'm talking about too. Because <laughs> like our events that Years ago, you would find yourself DJing. Now people just throw a playlist on from their phone. And or if it's a Sweet 16 or something, usually it used to be a DJ there all the time. But yeah. some people be like, no, I got a playlist. Yeah. Well, you even literally have people ask me like, hey, do you sell flash drives or you got a playlist? Or And it's just like, well, no, because my business is me doing the act of it live in the present. So if I give you something recorded, yeah, I could charge for that, but then it I on some level customer. devalues, yeah, my actual service. And and it's something about like when when you have a DJ just being live there on the fly, filling out the crowd. Cause sometimes I've seen and I'm sure this has happened to you, you drop a record and that shit clear the dance flow. Like yeah. ain't nobody fucking with it. Or sometimes like I was at a wedding and I really and I remember walking into this wedding and seeing this like white man DJ and I'm like, yo, this <laughs> He about to have a long night. This shit gonna be some but like that nigga was ki like he did two and a half hours of killing it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like there was nobody left the dance floor. Like he was on fire. And I think a lot of it, you know, you like I said, you you get to feeling out the pulse of the crowd. There's a point. There's a lot of old school music. Then when he saw once the old people left out, you know, yeah, twins. Like, you might they, throw something on that was ballrooming, right? And they was really getting into it, but that was the only one on your list. But like, well, I don't. I'm throw some extra shit on because they look like they want to keep going. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I was gonna say so. 
that that is valuable, right? Having a person who knows how to read the room and keep the emotion and the vibe right, that is part of what you're paying for a DJ. You're not just paying for the music. And I think that's the part that people forget. <laughs> Something can happen in real life. And then when you see it happening, you throw on a song that kind of references what happened if somebody fell. Oh, I didn't fail. And bust my whatever the song yeah, is. You know but, what I'm saying? Like, or, or, or the classic one when niggas get into the clubs and they start getting a little testy and niggas start scrapping and they throw on some gospel music. Y'all calm that shit the fuck down. That happened at the... Uh, the, the on uh, Sweetest Day, I went to the the comedy joint with Lou Duvall and all them. At and the niggas, Fox? Yeah, niggas, that second show, niggas got to fighting. And then, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Bruce Bruce taught a ton of crowd and they put on some fucking, like, no, nah, put on such and such. Put on some different music to, like, yeah. you know, get, get, them, get them together. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to do that. After a while, I was like, it don't matter because it's they they if they was gonna scrap, they it, it hearing Kurt Franklin ain't gonna stop somebody Never from throwing a punch. But, but, I, but I mean, that was like a like what I always felt was like old oh, DJ trick, y'all niggas. When niggas get to about to fight at Burn Hookah Bar, man, you, you'll fucking hear stomp. Can we think about it? Like I'm in I'm in point I'm in pumping poison and music to you all night. Like back in the day when. When uh, Lil John came on, like niggas really started fighting in clubs. Nigga, oh, yeah. I was ready to fight. What Wa- do you mean? Yeah, Walker, Walker down south. It, it, you knew what time yeah. it was. So I like came, the music I came dictates. To the club in a white tee and some jabos, nigga. I'm waiting for the little John. When I'm south. outside of the club and they think I'm a like. I ain't I never had, scared. I you looking at everybody like nigga. I didn't have four man. purple hoax, and now you put on never scared, nigga. I'm All ready right. to throw a chip. Pussy head, nigga. Like, Hard in the paint. Uh, let a gun sounds. Uh, what was another one in my? Cause I'm I'm like one one smidge of a generation before yeah, y'all. But that still was yeah. But like yeah, all that hard in the paint, definitely chairs was flying. Shit, the young bloods, all that shit was just like I had a whole crunk playlist. You know what I'm saying? That we ride to the club in, and then we get in the club, and it's the same fucking playlist. No, like, like when I when I first started going to the clubs, like that was what was like the soundtrack. Yeah. Like, I remember being in St. Andrews, and they played Never Scare, and then Lil John Throw Your Hood Up. And like, and, like, niggas was backing up to the walls, like, because it was, it was finna be something. Nigga, we, for, for, for a hot second, we, I fought every time we went to uh, St. Andrews. It was, a, it was a brawl every time. That was me. That was like, my weekend. And like I said, I'm going in a white tee. I got four more of these bitches in the car. I tear this bitch up. I tear this but motherfucker up. I've been drinking it. blue motherfuckers and fucking incredible hope. <laughs> I done spent twenty dollars on bottom shelf liquor. I'm ready to fight. So like you literally get to see what music does to somebody. Yeah. Like oh, an immediate impact. It is it, it's priceless, man. And and that's one of the things that keeps me going with it is just seeing how you can literally control the vibe of the room. And it's just it's just fun. You, right. drop, you drop just in case, and then the Tamiya hustle, and everybody they out there it. getting their ankles. Everybody broke. stepping up, exactly. Da, da. And you know, and, and I at this point, I automatically know they' about to come ask for it because it's like, and, and it's it's crazy that they always ask for the Tamiya hustle right when the night is going perfect. It's always that person that want to do this hard ass pivot into, and I'm just like, you want to slow it down? Like the women is like. It's is everything is shaking and moving. It's it's a great time right now. Like, fam, you don't want to niggas lo- get Detroit, into that right Detroit there. Detroit niggas love ballrooming. I'm like, man, 
and y'all can't do it. Y'all can't came ballroom. Niggas at ballroom all. and rap music for sure. And y'all can't do that. Or Afrobeat. Afrobeat is the new ballroom. Nah, dog. Or that Tamiya hustle, like y'all can't do it. That dance is complicated as fuck. And most of y'all can't get that when when it starts to change. Spin. That's where they lose you. Yep. They don't know which way to turn. And it, it's yeah. But nah. Um <laughs> I would I would hate, got me with that one. Man. I would hate that as a DJ for niggas to come up to me, hey, can you think you can play little nutty, uh, shoot this bitch up? Like not no. We don't want this bitch shot up tonight. At all. But that's my song. It's on the playlist. It's coming up. Now I just be like, oh yeah, for sure. Got you. Say less. No, and really, I don't and I don't really, take the cheese. Really, say less. If it's if it's a song I don't want to play, I don't they be trying to give me the bread, I was like, nah. Because if I take the bread, then they're gonna be like, You've committed. You've committed. And I'm to like, the song. nah, nah. Now look, nah. There are a lot of there, there was a time where a lot of people got on because they had entourages and they were just physically imposing and they would make DJs play records. That happened a very a oh, lot yeah. of times when definitely in New York City with some of them groups that y'all said y'all like. Mm-hmm. We knew this movie was trash, but every time these niggas come here, they throwing cash registers. You know what I'm saying? So you will play this record. We got the clubs on Smash because Mano walked in here and said, you'll play this record. Yeah. Jim could walk in here like play this record and there was a time before Detroit music was like it is now no you gonna play this record my friend man they had I remember uh, Big Dog Blast <laughs> he had uh, basically it was like Big Dog Blast and the whole conglomerate DJs they put out this whole like yo so uh, I mean it it wasn't the term no fly zone wasn't what was used but he basically was like yo we not playing no yay yay Jordan. And this was at a time, this was like right after the whole Kobo incident. Yeah. And basically, Jordan, he doing life, man. Jeez. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he was going around the clubs, basically fighting, beating up the DJs because they was playing Team East and Vessel Records. Like, this is like dancing, like dancing. And um, dancing is blowing up, and then uh, the Maserati money at the East Side West Side joint, Maserati not, and Peasy. Not my hood. <laughs> not where the fuck I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nah, it, it was like, yo, we not playing no yay yay Jordan. It was almost a, the complete Doughboys, but they specifically honed in on on Jordan at the time. Like there has definitely been like some. Stop movements. You know, we. I'm a little, like you said, maybe like a little bit of a generation older than you. And I've seen other rappers who are now, you know, considered elder statesmen and gatekeepers of the city that were very dangerous. Dangerous. Back when, back oh, when no. I first started going to clubs, like when you saw them niggas walk in. Harpos? Whatever they asked for. Just, you know. Har- Harpos? It, 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 I, I heard they used to go down in Harpos. And you're going to play that shit. <laughs> Matter of fact. I got three new records. I want you to play them in a row. Yeah. It's a whole versus up in this joint. It's, it's going to be me versus you. You know, <laughs> you know for my shit. Yeah, yeah, man. It's nah. a, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I came in a, a latter part. Yeah. <laughs> Close the door. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It was rough for a high second for us. So, yeah, know. but nah, but ultimately, yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful to have like stayed consistent and focused on that. More than trying a to long be time, man. So where you DJing at now? If somebody wanted to come see you, 
uh, slide you a fifty to play some soda. <laughs> where you, where you DJing at? Um, I'm at uh, District Seventy Eight uh, Restaurant, new restaurant downtown. You know, we was talking about wings for a minute, and I don't want to shit on Bravo because I did have like not the best experience with some District Seventy Eight wings. Did you I, get the house? You got the house barbecue or the or the dry rub? I got the dry rub. Oh no, I get the barbecue. Okay, now I did get some sauce on the side, and it just wasn't. The the wings needed a little bit more. And I don't want to, like, it's a black-owned establishment, and I only went once, mm. and it could have just been a bad night. When I come back, I'm going to come back like Keith Lee. I'm not, you know, I, <laughs> I won't. I just want the wings and the ser- like, well, the service is straight, and they got, like, some beautiful, the ambiance. They got beautiful young women in there. I just want to make sure the wings, yeah, because I'm going to have to enact violence if I get bad wings. <laughs> nah, definitely get the uh, house barbecue. So District 78 is District where you're 78, at? District uh, 78, every other Sunday, I rotate with my boy uh, DJ Ray. Okay. Um, you uh, Yep. Oh, yeah. That's my guy. Uh, Debo's uh, in Southfield. I'm there on uh, first Sundays. Um, I'm at the Brakeman, connected to Shinola Hotel. I'm there every first Friday. Um Usually have a deluxe flux date like once a month. I know, like for I've this, never month, physically been inside a deluxe flux, dog. I know uh, for this month I'll be there. They'll next. fuck your Jordans up. Yeah, I. It's it's, it's interesting. That, that floor is disgusting. Yeah, it gets slippery and wet. Yeah, because like, not only not only one occasion I want that's when that's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not only do people spill drinks, but it's just like the humidity in there it get hot. It's been a reason I ain't never wanted to go up in there. Yeah, well, well, I'm there next Thursday for their R and B night, so I think it'll be a different atmosphere. Not as Sticky. Sticky. Well, it could be sticky wet up in there on R&B night. You feel me? <laughs> but uh, uh, might have to check it out on a uh, Thursday night. <laughs> it's R&B night. I said it's only one occasion when that's a good hey, a good combination. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're uh, deluxe. And um, what am I forgetting? I think that's really it. Everything else is just kind of like events and cool stuff here and there. And if people want to book you. Um, I'm on all socials at I am Kid McFly. Uh, you know, email me, DM me. We can chop it up. All right. If I got like a bar mitzvah, can I get you for, get you forty? We'll be we'll make sure you get a plate too. Got <laughs> a bar mitzvah? I typically don't even eat at gigs no more, man. man. Okay. I, I, you got just, a bad you got a bad story about eating at a gig? I don't be having time to. I'll be having time to, especially at weddings. And what's crazy is that they should actually, like, feed you first. Like, they should feed all the vendors first like I, at a wedding. When I be shooting at different events, you know what I'm saying, they always act like, you want a plate? I always feel like, I feel like bad for taking a plate. Like, I'll be, I'm like, I'll wait, but... I be hungry as fuck sometimes, and sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, I don't even try. Like, if they not gonna feed me like early, like first, so I can just eat and get everything out the way, I don't even bother. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna be sitting here trying to work and then lean down and eat, and it just look weird, and I don't want them to try and take a picture while I'm trying. It's just like, no, at, at a yeah. wedding you really working. You know what I'm Man. saying? Like that's that's a different because you can't fuck up the wedding. You can't fuck up first dances or Mm-mm. just the intro to when the when the Man. What is it? The the bridal parties yeah. come out like you got to be on point, yes. alert, or you got to make sure you paying attention in case they mess something up. So then you can pivot. Like, dang, 
they missed a keyword, they off, or they done switched the order. So now you got to make sure you got that. Yeah. We want to bring the bride and groom out to dreams and nightmares. Like, God damn it. When I shoot events, man, I do magic. I always try to make sure I get some cool pictures of the DJ and shit, dog. Because I know, like. You're appreciative. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know y'all want to post pictures on y'all marketing and different shit. And, like, y'all, nobody really got no cool pictures unless you, like, at a giant event and somebody snap you. But I'm like, you know what? And I was just thinking, like, does he even do what? Like, all I, all I know you for is, like, bars or events. Yeah. I was like, does McFly, like, because I'm going to get married real soon. I don't know to who. I don't know when. <laughs> Speaking into the it's, universe. It's coming. Listen, it's nigga. coming. He's he been saying this shit for seven it's years com- on this podcast. It's he's coming. He's getting married this year. Touch Touch going to do the video. I need for you to I need for you to do. I do weddings. I need for you to do the wedding. I want I want nothing but gangster shit. I want to drop gun bars. I want to do gun fingers. When I come out, I want gangster shit at my wedding. You want the West Side gun? I want all that shit. I want all that shit. When me and my wife come out, got you. But yeah, no, I definitely do weddings. That's and that's actually how I said learning to pivot. So I've been noticing like on socials, everything is about weddings, weddings, or just you know doing the mixes. So definitely been stepping up. You DJ a repass? No, yeah, uh-uh. no. no, 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 absolutely not. I mean, absolutely, they need not. some energy. In that if joint. the money was right, no, not even if the money was right, because all it take is one person. The you you here and you ain't my you did this to my daddy and you remember this and way back when and shit. Yeah. I didn't see weddings turn up like that. I'd rather the wedding turn up because. That's already locked in, and I got a clause for stuff like that. But a repass, I ain't got. I ain't got clause. Hold on, hold on. Don't jump past that. What's the clause for a wedding? If if y'all niggas get to fight, and I still get my full. Oh yeah, it's okay. it's 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 basically called like a like an act of God. I think is the yeah. clause in the wet in, in the contract. Like, yeah, one of my homeboys, he uh he he provides contracts for for weddings, photographers, the whole nine yards, a whole list of contracts. S K Y L R kiss mark. That's my baby. Yeah, uh, or whatnot. <laughs> just because, like, look, man, and if and if the situation is unsafe, I'm out too. By yeah, the way. yeah, I can like, I can basically stop. My man was shooting a wedding, and they was they started shooting in the air. It was like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, I know that's part of y'all little culture shit, but nah, this is I'm not safe. Y'all y'all not shooting in the air, my nigga. Yeah, nah. sorry, I'm out, Got and it. I keep my y'all signed it. I'm I'm, I'm getting fully paid, but. We not we not doing this here. Yeah, I actually so it wasn't a wedding, but I did leave an event because the power kept shutting off like in the building. Like they kept surging and I was just like, "Okay, I'm out." Because about to destroy my fucking equipment. Yeah, I'm like, "Bro, y'all y'all about to tear everything up and y'all don't know why and you just telling me to keep rolling with it." Like after the second time, I was just like, "All right, bro, y'all got one more time." And then it happened and I was just like, "All right, yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm breaking down." Okay. So no matter what y'all niggas get to do, and I'm gonna get paid, and I, I, I appreciate that business clause. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Got to protect yourself. But things I've learned over the career, I didn't made the mistakes. And Five more years. That's life, my G. <laughs> hey, low key, it's fifteen to life. Yeah, fifteen to life. So yeah, it's just you a didn't put a lifetime in. It's a blessing for sure. But you know, I'm just thankful to again continue to. Do you tour with any artists, or would you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. He baby Mark, official DJ, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, Mark. Yeah. Shout out to Mark. That's the homie. Yeah. Love my guy. Um, yeah, I've done a couple shows. Uh Richie, uh, Marciano. We did some shows way back. Uh got some stuff I've talked about with Mac. So you know, Okay. Yeah. 
I, you know, one thing I like about Mac, he just elusive and he's stood by like not doing shows in that type of capacity for so long. But like his career has stood the test of time. Like he consistent. Yeah. And that's that's what matters. That's why I, I don't feel bad about the hotness thing, like not being the popular entity, like being that consistent person. Your name is always going to be in the conversation. Yeah. And that's better than not being in the conversation at all, automatically. Um, but, nah, easily, um, I, I value it so much. Um, and it gives you a peace of mind, you know. It's it's nice to know that you are respected and you won't be forgotten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, is you going to be the first choice? Nah. But, you know, at the same time, again, you have that consistency, that longevity. Of and it sounds like you got enough gigs coming in where, like, you ain't missing no meals. You ain't worried about, I, I, you know, I, I ain't counting your pockets, but, I mean, <laughs> you listed off a lot of nights where you working around the city. Yeah, I, I'm definitely trying to get more, though. Um, definitely trying to get more because, you know, again, consistency is great, but you still want to continue to push yourself and try to elevate more. Um but also, I do good business. Like you, you, you run good business, and it will take care of you. But okay. of course, you know, hey, sometimes it don't work out, or sometimes you might have a slow season, which is kind of what the end of the year typically is for. Unless, thankfully, I book corporate holiday parties. Yeah, holiday so. parties. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you just got again. You just got to make sure you put in that that work and that, that corporate bag got to be. Corporate bag is good. Got to be nice. Yeah. Um, you got a music pick this week. I do got a music pick. I've been listening to this Ross and Meek. Dang, that was why I was gonna pick something for today. That too good to be true. And go to hell right now is my my pick and my music pick of the week off the Ross and Meek album. Too good to be true. Dang, I like about the law though. I haven't finished listening to the project yet. The about the law with the uh, Shiznit sample is. So I told you my phone been acting stupid all day. It's not. Well, we ain't gonna play it anyway because YouTube flagged all this shit. Okay, well that's my music pick of the week. Uh, go to hell. And as I get older, I like telling people to go to hell and fuck off. Fuck off being my top favorite right now. Hmm. You should just say it like when you go to work tomorrow. Fuck off. I'm not going to work tomorrow. <laughs> you want a break? Fuck off. Or, yeah, go ahead. Take 15. Fuck off. <laughs> like, take 15, my friend. Uh, uh, whose man is this? Listen, um, King Charles, not Prince Charles, King Charles. Goddamn right. Say my name. Has uh, decided that he is going to ban smoking in the UK. No more smoking. No more cigarettes. No more e cigarettes, none of that. Hookah, none of that. He said he wants to have a an entire generation without knowing what smoking is. And whose man's is this? Now, granted, I don't smoke cigarettes, but it's a whole bunch of niggas who need to smoke a fucking cigarette. They need that. Like, no, this is a bad idea. I get it. Also, this is a little word I like to call tyranny. 
no, my nigga. You can't just tell no fucking no. Nah, you can't smoke no more. Nigga says who? I get it. I guess you're the king. But yeah, like and the king woke up one day and said, "I'm tired of you niggas smoking squares." No, I'm tired of you niggas smoking fags. This shit ain't going. This not going to work. <laughs> that is what they call it. Okay? That is. Yeah, you know, this this not going to work, my nigga. Like, cause and if you accept it, then what's the next thing I take for you niggas? Like, I'm a human. I got free will. If I want to smoke a fucking cigarette, I'm gonna smoke a fucking cigarette. It just is what it is. It'd Everybody be got cigarettes free. first, then it'd be liquor next, <sighs> porn third. Like, come on, man. You niggas, though. That's why the fuck we left from over there anyway and started America, because y'all niggas got some weird ass fucking rules and shit. It is what it is. And you know what's crazy when you talk about telling people of a lower class what they can't do when you dressed in a full king regard with gold jewelry and gold furniture behind you, dictating the motherfuckers what they ain't going to be able to do from from on high. You already don't got no fucking guns over there. Now it's about to be fucking, you know how Prohibition was here with fucking the liquor? Like niggas about to be selling cigarettes like crack. Oh, cigarette going to cost you 50 bucks. And then what you going to do? I'm, a, I'm so I'm selling I'm selling cigs, selling fags. You know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna have a gun because I'm selling. I'm, I'm and nobody else gonna have no gun. Yeah, all the criminals they, gonna do. They go knife crazy over there. Man, <laughs> stabbings at an all time high. You know what happened? Tyson Fury. You know, boxer nigga. His his brother got stabbed up couple, like last year. You know what he said? We need stricter knife laws, stricter knife control. This shit is fucking insane, dog. It's fucking insane. But that's all they know. Like, is <laughs> is all. Like, they what know. you well, now? You niggas, no steak knives. <laughs> Eat your food with a fork. Like, it's crazy. People are crazy, and people will be violent whenever they can't be violent. Stricter knife control. That's like every time there's a mass shooting. Yo, we need to get rid of these guns. Now they got rid of the guns. Like now we need to get rid of these knives. Now we need to get rid of these fists. <laughs> hey, they gonna find something. <laughs> like, yo, man, that's not crazy. the way. That's not the way. <laughs> yo, getting rid of smoking is crazy. They ain't say nothing about weed, nigga. You can't smoke a cigarette or e-cigarette. Uh, it's not working. Maybe help the environment then. Maybe. What, what's gonna be the penalty? Because y'all gonna catch me smoking. Like, what's what's the penalty? Man, How, niggas gonna be. I gotta out. sit for ninety days. Like, cause I'm a, I'm a restaurants smoke. gonna fail because the cook need a cigarette. That motherfucker chef need a cigarette. Them niggas be in the back. <laughs> Nigga, a single parent after being at home with two kids for eight hours, and you finally got them little niggas in bed and they asleep. Nigga, I need, I need to sick. go. I need one. I need a blunt. Yeah. Nigga. Um, after I work eight hours, eight hours, and I know I got to come to the studio next, nigga. When I, I get off, I probably shouldn't. I don't care. I get off. You should care. Think about what you're about to say. I get off of work at a certain time. I'm already rolling up to make sure it coincides to when I get off. Because when I log out and I'm riding up here, I want to get high. I've had a long week. I need marriage. The week is the same length as it was the week before. And I got everybody do five days a week, my nigga. And I got high the week before, and I got high the week before that. It's a routine. Yeah. <laughs> what King Charles at, dog? Let me st- <laughs> let me stop smoking over here and shit. But listen, I think that shit's crazy. Smoke in your house. Whose man's is this? No, my nigga, go somewhere else. What if I buy, can I buy you a candle? I have tons of candles. All right, I'm just saying, like, and that shit stink. As a barter, like I don't think niggas who smoke weed all day know how y'all smell. That shit not attractive. That shit stinks sometimes. You want to hit it? I'm 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 straight, but like y'all niggas be stinking and y'all smell dirty. 
It just be is what it is. Please I'm not saying you. Crazy. I'm not saying that like you wrong for smoking it or you per se, but like some niggas, that shit is very strong. Okay, and I can and I, it stinks. I don't want that shit in my house right now. <laughs> like Jay Sherman, the critic. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, man, these batteries by the down this fucking camera and shit, man. Um, yo, we been getting flagged. All the videos we put on YouTube and shit. Uh, I don't know if you know, but the end of them are cut off because the the nobody right. knows they flagged that shit too. So it's part of the fucking show. Yeah, it is. But unless part of the fucking show. Well, we not doing it because it's going on YouTube. It's not going. <laughs> they gonna delete the fucking page. Can, can we put it in post production and put it like when we upload it to Apple, or it's just it's just gone. Yeah, we can put that. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, at the end of the show, it's, it's really anticlimactic without hearing the music. But at the end of the show, we always give our guests the opportunity to get a socials where people can find them, where they can book you, where they can pay you money to come out and turn up their shit. So <laughs> let them know. Uh, yeah, um, at I am Kid McFly, I am K I D M C F L Y, um, you know, Twitter, IG, TikTok. Definitely running up the TikToks. Okay. Uh, hey, hey, TikTok is. Is where is that? I was I thought I it was skeptical wasn't. at first. Yeah, hell yeah. I was skeptical. I kept at first. thinking the whole like China is stealing the, the shit and it, everything. It's doing them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that go away. Hey, but it's it's definitely it's it's definitely some dope stuff. I fuck with TikTok heavy. It's your man Dang three underscores three one three on Instagram on TikTok. I just came back to Twitter. Wild Dane 313 on Twitter. I'm trying to be on my best behavior, but I see a lot of fuckery. I see a lot of dick sucking, literally and figuratively. And I just feel like I'm not going to be able to hold my tongue much longer. But I've already been suspended from Twitter hella times. So I'm just trying to be good. I'm just trying to be good. So follow me. Talk to me. I talk back. Don't get spicy with me. Because, nigga, I'm not. So let me just say this before I, I just close out my shit. I seen a young nigga while I was out. I just recently had a birthday at time 42. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. And I'm really starting to feel like when it, when it comes to certain shit. And I was out somewhere and I seen a young nigga I know and he called me like, huh? And, I, and for a minute, I felt like maybe it was a term of endearment, but then that grumpy old nigga turned on him like, don't talk to me like that. And I'm still outside, nigga. I'll fuck your girlfriend. I'll fuck your girlfriend face to face. You understand? There you go. I'll make that young bitch take a beat. Oh, so don't man. don't call I'm still outside and I'm still dangerous. I'm still dangerous. That's it. That's all I got. Uh shout out to uh Kid McFly for coming through, man. We appreciate you, man. Always good to chop it up and provide a different perspective too, man. I appreciate you. It's very rare that two light skinned niggas can coexist in a space this small. Normally, <laughs> normally the energy, you know, start bubbling. Yeah, shake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um in any event. Uh, Jay Johnson 303 on everything that matters when you see the blue and the black you know where you at Shop Talk Podcast Studio book some time I'm not saying we the Rockefeller Podcast but we are Jay and Dang hell yeah peace